Everybody, welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 68. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the future class of video games blessing at EOA Junior. One episode away, Greg. Well, here's the thing. You know what? That, yes, we are one episode away, and I feel like uh, blessing, you know, you're on the games cast with me. We need to let Tim come in to introduce that episode just to let him have it because he screwed up no. episode 69 he, you of the get games one cast. Shot, you get one shot, you screw it up, Damn. you're done. You get no second Damn. chances. Now we own it. We own 69. How, how do you want to celebrate 69? Or do you want to There's only one way. <laughs> There's, oh, God. Oh, my God. Thanks, guys. Oh, God. You know what it means. Joining us for a trio to start off your PS I love you XOXO he's the one the only the blind gamer Steve Saylor hey thanks for having me on oh my god thanks for rolling through today I'm excited to have you here for a full-blown show where you you're not just calling in in the last second instead you're on camera at the last second I love it yeah I mean I love it when I get a text from you and I'm like I'm at the train station right now Greg I'm uh (laughs) but I could be there in an hour give me a sec (laughs) that's the thing you know so you know Steve's on here we're gonna talk about returnal and difficulty and how that leads to accessibility that's topic of the show in a bit and if you missed it on I think games daily the last time you called in that was we talked about this that you know at the beginning of the year you or yeah I guess it's April now right now it's May now good lord uh you hit us up and you're like hey you guys are great about talking about accessibility you always address it head on but you rarely ever have an accessibility expert on to talk about it. It's usually, you know, from your stance and you're like, you hope this, that, and the other, and it's good that you talk about it, but you never hit us up. And I'm always like, well, it's always last second. I feel like it's always breaking news. It's always a lot. The way kind of funny works is that we figure out what we want to do on the show about four seconds before the show goes live. And you were amazing. You were just like, I don't care. Call me, text me. I'll see if I can do it. And today we did. And here you are. Heck yeah. Yeah. And thanks for, for allowing us to, because it's essentially, I mean, accessibility is, is extremely important. And I, and I love the fact that right now, essentially, you guys are kind of like the only ones that are really talking about it on a regular basis when it's not necessarily a trending, quote unquote, topic. Sure. Uh, and essentially, I love it that you talk about it. But also, it's like I understand the, 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 the hard, hard part of it is, OK, accessibility is great. But what else can you basically say? Um, yeah, so that's why like, I, go a ahead. good example, I think, would have been like the Ration and Clang stream that we did last week, where it was the state of play. And for a second, the they touched on the menus for Ration and Clank, what, what accessibility <laughs> looks like a little yeah. bit. And I think all of us were like, yeah, awesome. But none of us could, I, I think, could have yeah. broken down like, hey, this is why this is awesome. Hey, right? I, this I, is I why spoke up right away and I was like, this is going to be great for trophies. All right, it's going to be great for collectibles and trophy hunting. You know what that I mean? It's also true. It looks like they're emulating the high contrast mode from Last of Us. And, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it, but I mean, that, that's, you know, I think it, while that is completely a joke, uh, what I'm saying there, it also has that uh, truth about why we want you on for these kind of conversations of course is because everybody uses games in a different way and plays games in a different way and so we can sit there and be like that's great we think that's really cool but in a very specific conversation because in general i want to talk the returnal is talking about like is it too difficult period and then also what does that mean for accessibility what does that mean for save states what does that mean for a bunch of different stuff but we'll get there instead steve what i want to start off is let everybody know you have a campaign right now steve sailor.net slash webbies what is happening so um, I apologize. I'm going to bring in some Xbox talk into this. Um, Barrett, throw him out of the call. It was a mistake. I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't know yeah. what I was doing. <laughs> this was a secret plot from uh, from Mike. Um, anyway, um, 
But essentially, last year, I was invited to be a part of Xbox's ad campaign for the launch of the Series X, uh, and they called it Power Your Dreams, where essentially a prominent university was doing a sleep study where they would analyze people's dreams and but they were able to like set up a, a sort of know when people are going to slip into a dream and they're able to ask questions about what they're what they're thinking about what they're dreaming about and xbox was like okay well let's see if we can be able to turn those dreams into actual reality so they asked uh, me and a few other xbox gamers to basically get to like experience this kind of dream study and get to like dream about a specific game and they had me dream about destiny um which is one of my favorite games and so that was really cool to build the experience and then they literally turned that into a 3d spatial audio story um that you can actually be able to listen to with any regular headphones and it feels like you're in a very like 3d space uh and they and they did that for for myself they also turned in like a created a short film uh directed by taika waititi um basically if you saw the Incredible. master chief cat or meowster chief mm-hmm. um that uh, djing that's from that uh, that short, yeah that from that dream there was also a custom pair of nikes that was created for adele beckham jr and yeah they had me uh, of all people um and so essentially i didn't know this but they submitted that um to that campaign to basically be nominated for a webby award and they had my specific dream as kind of the uh the one to be able to submit so awesome. i'm currently up for the social slash experimentation and innovation uh category um yeah and it's uh we have like basically i think like two or three days left to vote and uh we're currently in second place right now come on um, come on so. kind of funny best friend steve sailor.net slash webbies get over there get registered yeah. it takes two seconds and you can vote it's fantastic we wish you the best steve Thanks. Yeah. That'd be now, really as cool. I say, we wish you the best. We are about to possibly become worst enemies because before we even start the show mm-hmm. last week, X circle square triangle wrote in and said, please rank the best symbols in order of your favorites on the PlayStation console, the sacred symbols, the, you know, the four face buttons. I of course I- was correct and said, number one is X number two circle, number three triangle, number four square. You're a monster. Blessing, blessing was wrong and said, number one X, number two square, number three triangle, number four circle. An absolute that king among, right. uh, among us. That sounds you know? about right. Yeah. It's funny, you know, Barrett and Barrett was on blessing sides, of course. I, I understand these young bucks, next gen podcast, they got to stick together. But it sure. was Stephen James Oslin who wrote into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and said, having been on the wrong side of one of Greg Miller's hard truths before, I understand the denial you go through when confronted with reality. So I am sympathetic to Blessing and Barrett here as they come to terms with the fact that square is a garbage ass button that pales in comparison to the rest. It's X circle, triangle, square, hashtag hard truths. He I hate to admit that it's he's almost right. as if it's almost as if Greg picks the write-ins for the show. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's almost yeah. as if he's the one who picks this right at the start. Bias commentary. Uh Steve, you've come gosh. here. You've come here. You're here to talk about Returnal, but I will ask you now, please rank the PlayStation face buttons from best to worst. Okay. I thought long and hard about this one. Sure. Number one, definitely X for sure. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Number two, square. God damn it. Facts. Number three, Steve, Steve number like, three, circle. Number three, circle. Number four, mm-hmm. triangle. Now, we got, I got to understand your reasoning because square is the easy number two. I think that is the natural number two that anybody uh, right. with a big old brain would pick <laughs> as their number two. <laughs> but Steve, I got to understand, like, well, for you, why, why does square uh, come second? So generally, square is usually reload in, in, in a lot of games. Um, but for me personally, 
Uh, I'm sorry, Greg, but essentially, in order to be able to enable the Zoom feature on the PS5 and the PS4, mm -hmm. um, you have to push the PlayStation and the Square button. So I use that button a lot um, mm -hmm. to be able to uh, turn on that feature. So it's an accessibility reason why I'm putting Square. Um, otherwise, Circle totally would be the number two. Shout out to Blessing all about action. Shout out to Blessing, who was playing through a Returnal run up until we hit start. So he, he, I saw the face, and then I saw him immediately try Square and PlayStation Five. Uh, then I realized they have a PS Five, and so that wasn't going to work anyway. No, it does actually. They just uh, in the recent update, um, they added in Zoom feature. Um, oh, where essentially, awesome. if you go into the accessibility settings, um, you can be able to you can be able to enable it, and essentially that you can zoom in up to like three uh, three hundred times, and you can still be able to use the uh the playstation at, like within the game itself but it's generally best for when you're like looking into menus and like in an rpg because if you're like in a combat situation you're locked at that magnification and in that spot on the screen so anything that happens outside of it unfortunately will not you will not be seen um so it's generally for to be able to like read stuff um or to be able to navigate the, the play, uh, playstation home screen but essentially that's uh that's how you can be able to enable it that's awesome. Yep. And also, your thumb just naturally goes to the square oh, button when you're holding the controller, Greg. Christian R. writes into patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames with their breakdown. They say, best circle will always reliably get you out of trouble, whether it is to dodge out of the way of an enemy attack or exit out of the annoying menu that X or triangle and sometimes square got you into in the first place. So Second basically, best. he likes to cancel people? Because that's exactly, usually the cancel exactly. button. Uh, second best X. This is the get stuff done button. When in doubt, spam X. However, it will get you in trouble often. Second worst square. You're cool when they find something useful for you to do, but uh, but what you do, uh, but what you do ever bring to the table that X or uh, shoulder button can't. And then Action. worst, then worst triangle. <laughs> Furthest away from X, and I have to stop the spamming to go to you. Completely ruins my immersion. It's literally like you do have to like make an effort to press triangle. It's true. true. Yeah, but like square, it's like there's a reason that it's uh, like commonly used as like the light attack or action button. It's because mm -hmm. your thumb is naturally going to go it's there. right Payton there. Payton Stone man. writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games. It says X because it will give it to you. <laughs> circle because it's the circle of life triangle we are all trying to reach the top of the pyramid square ain't no squares in my circle <laughs> all right these kids are just trying to be different Again, they're just trying greg to be picked all, greg picked all I of these I, yes i picked the funny ones and the good things there's people who wrote entire essays essays about this blessing you, you're welcome to go do it you know what i mean maybe you did some work for this show if I'm you weren't saying, winning awards doing blessing shows all the time you know what i mean hosting games where you can slash shit with square and uh, in the hack and slash joshua skeeters it with square and joshua skeeters is games. on your side square mm -hmm. x triangle circle square is go. the very dependable button you're yep. mashing that button more than x in games sometimes <laughs> yep what a statement it's always <laughs> the action button x yep. is just the one to get you through the ui as well as the classic jump and select button triangle yep. is always a wild card but a joy to use circle is just basic circle always See, back and dash and games uh games not much else typically that's the thing is circle is usually always the basic option like what is the exciting thing you're doing yeah in it's circle? basic because like, backing it's out all right this is being like oh man i don't like ketchup and mustard they're used too much you know what i mean mm. no no they're reliable they're there for you they're doing things. it's it's reliable Get your but habanero it's, pesto out of here nobody usually, wants it. it's usually the same thing whereas the other ones have more variety because they can expand uh whatever they want to do because exactly they're the like, more said, accessible buttons I said this last right. week. Triangle is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Exactly. You know, when you press triangle, it can mean anything in any game. 
That, see that that you say that Steve is right there with you. Steve says X, not not Steve Saylor. Steve uh, on patreoncom slash game says X, then square and circle are tied. Then finally triangle. Triangle is the quote do random stuff button, while the others do real work. It could. No, it, I agree. It could yeah, be a that makes it attack. exciting it, for Persona. Bring up your menu. Sure. I don't know. But it's I like a, I like to think the triangle button. is like your kitchen junk drawer. There's all sorts of random yeah. ass shit in there. You got, oh, yeah. you got rubber bands. You got a couple of paper clips. There's a pair of scissors. It just doesn't make sense what's happening in there. I'd be and really curious I, if anyone ever puts like triangle as number one, because if if they are, then that means that like that person's working for the Illuminati. Uh, just, I, you know, from the ones I, I pared down to the list here, because of course, so many of you wrote in on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Thank you. As always, uh, uh, Ronnie, uh, uh, Thom and Jordan all have triangle. Uh, the dead last one on these last ones here. Uh, but then I, but, but I do like this one here, uh, from Ronnie, uh, number one X I'm so enamored that back in the PS one era, my only gripe with Squaresoft's fantastic JRPGs is they were mapped to circle as the primary, uh, number two though. I like this one. I think Barrett will too square. This is how you punch in Batman enough said exactly (laughs) (laughs) number three circle Japan eventually changed that to the primary, but try and change the primary button to X. Uh, so this is like a bone storm. The video game after Millhouse discovers the cup and ball. Not as cool anymore. And then finally, triangle. Something has to be last, and this button doesn't hold any lore or affinity in my heart like the rest. Again, harsh but fair. Like I, my yeah. thing is, I disagree with triangle last, but I understand how you get there. Sure, you know, I sure. understand it. Square, I don't understand how you put that anywhere near last. That is top two easily. Just, it's a forgotten button. You don't use that much. I don't care how oh close. My it is God, use button. that much. Forgotten you use square arguably use in much? some games way more than X. Inarguable. Oh Sorry. God! You're, not, you're getting me a the headache. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is PSI Love You XOXO each and every week. Blessing Barrett and sometimes Steve show up to nerd out about all things PlayStation. If you like that and you want to be a nerd with us, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/KindOfFunnyGames, where of course you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the show ad-free and you can watch live as we record it, just like Omega Buster is, Joshy G is, and Madeline Stanley are. Uh, if you want to be like them, like I said, Patreon dot com slash kind of funny games uh however if you have no bucks to toss our way it's no big deal you can get each and every episode of ps i love you xoxo tuesday morning 6 a.m pacific time youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and podcast services around the globe each and every week no matter where you get the show thank you for your support please consider like subscribe share ring the bell leave a comment tell your friends leave a review all the stuff that helps it get to other people's hands we've had some banger episodes Kind of funny, he's on fire right now. Blessing, it is. I was talking to uh, good Tim way. on KFD about this. <laughs> yeah, in a good way. Not like a garbage <laughs> truck on fire. We are all the time. I also mean we've been doing a lot of good stuff lately. But going going through the YouTube channel for uh, Kind of Funny Games, and I'm sure Kind of Funny Prime is like this too. But I only check Kind of Funny Games. Uh, it's awesome, like looking back at the, the last week of content and seeing yeah. the like Returnal first impressions, the Apex first impressions, the KFGDs, the like all the all the content that we're usually putting out, but also like. It for us firing on all cylinders and it being just I think it kind of reflects the fact that right now is a very exciting time to be talking about video games, you know, as opposed to earlier in the year where there was kind of that drought and it's like we're, oh, we're, we're heating gonna, up. We're heating up. Yeah, we're up. heating up. Like we had a kind of page because we kind of had a fine shit to talk about, you know, yeah. like er, in the early months of the year. But now it feels like shit is happening we're, and it's making for really exciting. Content. We're not pulling any punches. We're we're mashing that square button, you know. We're mashing the square button. God, I 
Uh, housekeeping for you speaking of cool content we've been making uh blessing and andy have the best of their resident evil 7 moments up right now as a clip show uh, edited by one and only roger pokorny it is fantastic i can't say enough nice things about it youtube.com slash kind of funny games i was watching it and in general like you know these the streams are fun obviously but they're spread out over three hours for raj to come in and make a 20 minute video of this and then do a bunch of funny edits with it it's really really good and you guys are cowards Oh, me and Andy. I thought you were talking yeah. to the audience. I was no, going to no, say, no. yeah, they're cowards for not watching it. Go watch it. <laughs> no, uh, just, but yeah, yeah, no, I think it's doing cowards. pretty well. <laughs> hey, I mean, but, hey, at least you didn't have Brittany Brombacher on because I had her join me to be able to play the Maiden demo and she's ruthless. She oh is my God. ruthless. She will scare the crap out of you without you realizing it and yeah there's a oh, moment man. in the in the let's play early on where when uh, well, and this is final fantasy or final fantasy resident evil 7 resident remember evil. so the older the one from years ago now uh but it's you know where ethan gets attacked or whatever and it's really graphic and bloody and andy like looks at the camera and roger zooms in i was like this is what you people enjoy <laughs> like this is what you do for fun and you want to talk about somebody who's completely twisted you talk about brit from what's good who just loves these things and plays them over and over and over again and can tell you every piece of lore I yeah, yep. if you if, if you're like blessing and don't check the youtube.com slash kind of funny channel that often uh jen is pregnant uh my wife is pregnant i'm gonna be a father and we have a big old kind of funny podcast up about that right now youtube.com slash kind of funny podcast services around the globe for kind of funny podcast at the very least go check it out because i open with uh how i surprised the kind of funny by telling them and it's a very good episode and very uh hopefully educational in terms of what's going on with uh pregnancy because there's a whole bunch of stuff we learned real quick people don't talk about <laughs> so i can't wait happy to, to talk about it to watch slash listen to that one i've also been watching this is unrelated but related but watching a lot of jane the virgin recently sure. let me tell you uh very good show i just started watching it with a friend uh because we were like yo we heard we've heard so many good things about jane the virgin that show not what i thought it was going to be about i thought it was going to be about a high school girl who like is trying to lose her virginity or some shit turns oh, no. out it's about a girl who's a virgin who gets accidentally inseminated <laughs> and like is pregnant and i learned so much about pregnancy just from watching that show and sure. so i'm excited to, to listen to the podcast learn even more you say i actually caught it this morning and uh it was it was very good you made me cry right at the very beginning but uh, uh yeah you got me you got I me. love you steve i'm sorry i didn't mean to do that to you but you know how much it meant to obviously be able to share that moment with everybody no, it was happy tears so it was happy tears you know now real quick who's talking about jane the virgin <laughs> isn't that has that show been off the air for years <laughs> probably it? yeah we're i mean i'm watching season one right now okay it, legit it was the most random of decisions of I think I mean, that I was show was hey, winning awards like every year, though. Dude, you know? It's but it fantastic. wasn't a long time ago. I feel like I mean, I, yeah, it, it, it ended in 2019. It ended two years mm. ago. It started okay. in 2014. Uh, yeah, I'm 18 yeah. episodes in now. This shit is like this show is fantastic. But it was it was that thing of I was hanging out with my friend Yami, and we're we're trying to find a show to watch. And Jane the Virgin just came up, and I was like, Yeah, what the fuck is Jane the Virgin about? And she described it. And immediately I was like, we're watching that show. That sounds like an amazing premise. We got to figure out what this is about. And now that we're 18 episodes in, we're like, this is a great decision. This show is amazing. Yeah, Everybody going to watch like, the Immediately, two years after it ended, multiple <laughs> season we're run. I was like, we got to watch Season this. one. Gina, uh, Gina, Rodriguez, uh, Gina Rodriguez is also really good. Hey, and hey, that's not a bad way to watch a show. We just finished uh, Shadow and Bone over the weekend, and I wish that we had discovered that show after it was over because I, I need more mm, of it. So. The wait now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Same thing with Mayor of East, a uh, mayor, mayor of Easttown. I'm enjoying that. But this isn't a TV show. Uh, be like the PS. I love you. XOXO Patreon producers: Omega Buster, Tyler Ross, Delaney Twinning, Julian, the gluten-free gamer, James Hastings, Casey, Andrew, Elliot, and Tom Bach. Uh, today we're brought to you by Gabby and Canva. Uh, but for now, let's start with topic of the show. 
great job, Steve. See, that's how you know he's a, Steve's a true kind of buddy, funny best friend. He's just there. He's ready. Bam. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, as we already talked about, is Returnal too hard? Is that okay? We're going to start at IGN, where Rebecca Valentine, and it still seems so crazy to say Rebecca mm-hmm. Valentine, IGN. And I love writing the little abbreviation, Reb at IGN, because it's three letters each time. Congratulations, Rebecca Valentine. We are very happy you work at IGN. I think you could find a better partner to date, but that's not about, we're not about that right now. Goddamn. Wow. <laughs> she dates Great Imran. Great show Imran, Imran <laughs> <laughs> Housemark's ambitious PS5 exclusive roguelike shooter Returnal is out today. And while it's received, while it has received plenty, plenty of praise, including from us, IGN, of course, uh, for its uh, haunting atmosphere, clever story, and shooter action, it's also sparking discussion about its considerable difficulty. And now, the game's director has weighed in, too. On Next Gen Console Watch, which is IGN's uh, great show that Damon does uh, about what's going on with Next Gens and stuff like that, game director Harry Kruger and marketing and business development director uh, Michael Haveri, of course, friend of the show, uh, both affirmed that Returnal's challenge stems from Housemark's arcade roots. Housemark has historically incorporated arcade systems and styles in its games since its origins in the 90s. And while it declared years ago after Next Machina that arcade is dead, Housemark clearly isn't abandoning that spirit in its newer titles. Quote, we started development four years ago, and I don't think the vision has changed that much. Housemark games are known for their, let's say, challenge. There's usually a difficulty to them, Mikhail said. Uh, Next Machina, for example, you can go through the game on easy, and you'll never get to the last level. And then there's other unlockables and so on. So there's an easy-to-learn but hard-to-master mentality at work there. Kruger agreed. Without a challenge, we don't feel like you can have that strong sense of accomplishment, you know? The closer to the verge of frustration you get, the bigger the feeling of triumph when you do eventually prevail. He added that while Returnal does have more traditional d- difficulty options, Housemark wanted yeah, that's right. Housemark wanted players to feel that every new run was completely unique. Hence, the roguelike formula, uh, which allowed for a lot of unpredictable swings in how a session might play out, even with difficulty options in place. Quote, so as we were saying before, if you take one too many gambles, you get a little overconfident. You might end up digging your own grave, so to speak, Kruger concluded. But if you play a little bit more conservatively, try to play it safe, you can kind of tune the difficulty of that particular session to your desired skill level. So we're hoping that can act as a, as a pressure valve for the times that you hit an impassable obstacle. Next time you try them, uh, there will always be something a little different. Something gives you a little bit more of an edge so you can overcome that next time. Blessing, we spent all last episode pretty much talking about Returnal, how great it was. You, of course, had beaten it. Uh, me and Paris were here singing its praises even though we hadn't rolled credits. Have you still been playing it since then, Bless? Every now and then I've been trying to go back to it because there's stuff to do after you actually beat the game. And I've been trying to complete that stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm, I've been thinking about platinuming it even though the more I play it, the more I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to platinum this because there's an element... Stuff. There's an element of randomization in the path to platinuming it because it is a roguelite in the rooms randomized and you're essentially to on the platinum run you're essentially trying to explore uh every room uh and like find the hidden shit that's spread throughout the maps of Returnal that's kind of making me go ah this is way more difficult than I thought it was going to be um but I'm still playing it we'll see if I get there but I've been revisiting it a little bit. I've been playing another game at the same time and so I've not had as much time as I'd like uh with Returnal but I've sure. still been having fun with it. Steve, you've come here, of course, over on your YouTube channel. You've put up the accessibility review. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about Returnal. What do you think of Returnal? So 
Returnal, I have like a a, a love hate relationship with it. Don't um, we all? <laughs> yeah. Um. Essentially, it it is difficult and it is really hard. Um. To kind of put in perspective, for my playthrough, I was I was I put in over eight hours. Um. And I died probably about like twenty five plus times. Mm-hmm. And I was I have never been able to uh, get past the first biome. Um. I made it to the the to the boss there once. And I've never been able to get back to it again. Um, essentially, there are some accessibility options that are there that uh, that are actually pretty decent. Um, there is obviously a wide variety of subtitles. Um, you can be able to increase the uh, the reticle size and you can be able to uh, remap the controls. Um, and then if you are not able to use the adaptive uh, triggers, you can actually be able to go to a more standard uh, control scheme and, but then you can also remap it even further if you wanted to customize it. And so there are definitely some things that are there that do help, but I think the, 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 the problem with that is that preset difficulty. Now I'm not one to basically, I know that there's been an argument about, well, these, these games should have an easy mode. I'm not, I'm not going to basically say that because that's kind of been the sort of the talk about it, but I, go a step further i don't think that easy mode would have fixed this um because essentially easy mode is part of an accessibility option it's not the the thing to be able to fix it i kind of use or think about like demon souls in a way because i I reviewed that as well and the problem with adding like an easy mode into those kind of games is that essentially it would be like a crowbar into the gameplay itself um essentially there is like a kind of a, like a, a like a, a language that you have to learn in playing these games uh, that essentially you have to like as a player, you're supposed to learn how to be able to speak this language and become fluent in it. And that's how you're able to complete the game. The problem with that as a, as a concept with having a preset difficulty is that there are disabled players that physically cannot comprehend that language and can't learn that language fluently because of some physical or mental barrier that prevents them from doing that. And that essentially is where, like where we hit a ceiling when it comes to a preset difficulty. Sure. So I, I, but I also don't want like an easy, normal and hard mode in it. Cause I think having a static difficulty kind of negates a, a kind of what we're, what, what the challenge that they're saying in the, in, in, in this article, uh, I would say I would love to be able to have like something like an adaptive or a dynamic difficulty um, where it can be able to change as you go. Sure. Uh, I know EA was trying to be able to look into patenting something like that, but I love to be able to kind of see that across across the board. Or having what essentially what was really great in games like Celeste, mm-hmm. an assist mode where yeah. you can customize how how many like what weapon level you can be able to start off at, or um, how many ethers you can be able to get, or the speed of the game, or how much damage you can be able to do with your gun, or again uh, that uh, damage against you. Like being able to customize that allows us to be able to customize our own difficulty that works best for us. Cause having 90 plus minutes to be able to like complete one full run, that's, I mean, if you're able to do that and you have the, the, the tenacity and, and um, the skill level to be able to do that, that's awesome. But for a disabled player, sometimes that, that time is doubled. Like it takes us double the time to be able to try to be able to complete a game. So I think like two and a half, three hours, to be able to try to be able to complete one run. And that sure. can be very tiring. That can be very damaging to uh, if with those with motor disability or fatigue, like myself with my eyes. 
And I probably am at this point. I'm probably not going to be able to play this ever again unless they add in in a future update, um, like an adaptive or an assist mode. And I think, help me out, or I guess sure. answer this question. For me, and what I want to ask you is how hard and how difficult is it, I guess, to make this case or have this conversation? Because I feel like when it first started, and it's very much what we're talking about, uh, of like, you know, you only know what you know. And so I remember when it was Demon Souls and when it was Dark Souls and when it was, yeah, there's not going to be a, a difficulty mo- uh, uh, change in there because these games are meant to be punishing. This is part of the game. This is part of the challenge. And so for me personally, and so many other people I know with, you know, best intentions, but not thinking through it, right? It was that idea mm-hmm. of like, Oh, okay, cool. That's what that game is meant to be. That's what that game is, and that's what the the developer vision is, right? That's what the developer's vision is for it. So even though I don't want to play that or it doesn't seem like something I'd be into, God bless you, go have your fun and do whatever you want to be, right? I feel like that conversation originating outside of the accessibility conversation set back the accessibility conversation. Because I feel like people like myself, you know, I always talk about using kind of funny in all our shows as, you know, my own personal learnings. Like, that's where my head was at of like, oh, well, cool. That's the developer's vision. So they should be totally allowed to do that. Not like there's like video game cops or something like that. But like, you know, that's what they want to do. And that's how they want to do it. Of course, of course. Never thinking the fact that I'm taking that privileged position, right? Of like, okay, cool. That's not the experience I want to have. So I'm not going to play those games. When I, the people I feel like in the accessibility community who are, that game is now inaccessible to are having that thing of like, no, no. I would love to play that experience. I just can't. I physically can't. So why not give me those options? Is that is that too broad a stroke or is that accurate? Do you think how it was or has? No, been? definitely. I mean, this is something that we in the accessibility community have been talking about for a couple of years now. Pretty much, I think that really kind of stemmed from um, when Sekiro came out and mm-hmm. there was the controversy of like adding an easy mode in Sekiro. And essentially that, that topic came up where it's like it kind of goes against uh, an artist's mm-hmm. vision um and we kind of would disagree with that in in that regard because accessibility should never compromise your vision it com- accessibility will allow you as a developer to be able to um essentially make it so that more people can be able to play your game you want to be able to make it a financial success so there's that so you want you want people to be able to play uh play your game and essentially like I kind of use the example of because we we in the accessibility community, we want a challenge. We want that same challenge that everyone does when we're playing a Souls like game or Returnal or something like Celeste. Like we want that. But there are def- there are some barriers that are in the way that prevent us from doing that. And so I use the example of, OK, so pl- so imagine you're playing like one of your favorite games and you can play it because the game allows you to, be able to do that. You can, you're able to hold the controller. You have pretty good eyesight. You can hear the game pretty well you can able you're able to do that now imagine being able to play that game with a blindfold on or playing that game with um, earmuffs on or try to be able to play that game with one hand tied behind your back or but behind your back or two hands behind your back that challenge is now exponentially increased because sure. now you have to figure out how to be able to play that that tough game but with all these barriers in the way and all accessibility does is it unties your hands basically takes off the blindfold takes off the earmuffs and then now we're at the same equal level whenever like we're now at that challenge level that and let's oh yeah you know what that one boss and the, the second biome of eternal that was like that was really really hard um but i was able to get through it by doing this like we can be a part of those conversations because that challenge was still there for us sure. and difficulty uh, modes and settings and stuff like that 
essentially that should be part of an overall accessible experience. You have to think about accessibility from the very beginning um, for, of the development process. Ground because up, you right, have, yeah. Yeah, because you have to basically assume that not everyone is going to be able to pick up a controller and be able to and be able to just intuitively be able to play it. So you have to think about, OK, what other ways to be able, can we can other players be able to use this or play this in this particular way? That way we wanted to the way we want to have that challenge. But how can we get it so that more players can be able to play? And Xbox kind of has this saying and, and we began saying in the community where essentially when everybody plays, we all win. And that's essentially what we're kind of be able to get to mm-hmm. is that when everybody plays, we all win. Because that also, like I said, can lead to dollar sales. We saw oh. that with The Last of Us Part Two. There was more disabled players that were able to play uh, uh, The Last of Us 2. And actually, people have told me that they bought a PS4 specifically so they could be able to play The Last of Us 2. And so that already translates into dollars spent uh, on, uh, like on a game if you have accessibility options. There's like 50% of the, of the, of, of the world is, has a disability. And I think like over 200 million uh, gamers in, in the United States alone, or in at least North America, have a disability. So that's 200 million people that a, ga- a developer can be able to reach and be like, hey, our game's accessible to like as, as accessible as we can be able to make it. And that can basically turn open up to an audience sure. that they have access to before. Yeah, I think what? The Last of Us is a good one to bring up because we've had talks about The Last of Us remake on this podcast and how mm-hmm. uh, we're in a place where we're like, well, do we need a Last of Us remake? You know, I personally wouldn't. I I would love a different project to come out of that studio, but I remember after having that conversation, uh, Cole, I think it was Cole, Brandon Cole, I think it was Brandon Cole who reached mm-hmm. out to me and was like, hey man, like I, I hear what you're saying, but think about it this way, right? Like if they could put out a Last of Us remake that, hall, that has all the accessibility mm-hmm. stuff from The Last of Us Part 2, like think about how much that opens that game up to people. And that's like, that's that's a thing that I think we often don't think about as much because folks like me or Greg might not think about it from that perspective because we don't ha- we we don't have those same barriers in the same way of like I was like both me and Greg were able to play the last was part one you know without having to having to worry about it too much or without having to turn off certain settings or turn on certain settings to make that work for us I know for me the the thing that really changed my mind or not changed my mind but changed my way of thinking when it comes to uh easy mode versus accessibility versus all this stuff was during the Sekiro conversation because I remember the whole thing being about easy mode and easy mode I think was a big way of reducing the conversation and it's something that was different from the heart of it because I remember being on the side of like oh but like you know if because at the time I wasn't really I wasn't playing Sekiro now I'm a big fan of Sekiro but at the time I was like well Sekiro isn't for me right like if if Sekiro is too difficult for me or if I don't enjoy it because of that difficulty then you know it is what it is I'll just go play a different game and the people that enjoy Sekiro for its difficulty and a lot of stuff go for it enjoy it and the thing I was missing like the piece I was missing was the idea that if the accessibility isn't about people being able to play an easy game it is about folks being able to experience that same difficulty that i want to experience in a game right especially now that i beat sekiro and i beat bloodborne uh and now that i beat returnal right like i love these games so much you know i I, i'm all about these games but for many folks like they're just not able to play them and the question is like how are like how do you get those people to be able to play those games uh and so to the question of is returnal too difficult right or is returnal too hard i think for me the answer is no but how do you like how how do you open open up that difficulty to more people right like what i think the assist mode in celeste was the was the big thing that opened people's minds up into 
okay, what is a way we can make this work? Right? Like, yeah. think, so, Celeste, I don't think had an easy mode, correct? I think it was just the assist. No, yeah, 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 where yeah, you yeah. can go in and just tweak a bunch of stuff. And I think you hit the nail on the head, uh, Steve, where it's like, yeah, what if you could make it so that you can dash quicker or enemies health bars you get set to a certain percentage or like what are what are the options that you can make available to players so that they can go in and tweak enough so that they're able to play so that they're able to experience yep. that game and here's the thing too is that essentially we're all going to need these kind of settings uh at some point because we're sorry to say this but essentially we're getting older um no. and <laughs> and it's there's going to be certain things that like your eyesight's going to start to go your reflexes are not going to be as fast as you were in your early 20s mm -hmm. I mean, sorry, Barrett and Blessing, but it's going to happen. Um, nah, I'm never so, getting old. <laughs> I got eye problems all the time, so I, I know very well. <laughs> okay, Peter Pan. Um, so essentially, yeah, like we're, we're all going to need these settings, and these settings are, are go beyond just for people with disabilities. Like they will help you, like, uh, like as we grow up, to be able to still enjoy these games. And that's why I was like, at least when Housemark kind of said that they're going back to their arcade roots. Unfortunately, if you go back to your arcade roots, essentially that's, that means that essentially no like no one with accessible like there was no accessibility in mind at all with those games and that's kind of a hard kind of area to be able to kind of go back to and so essentially like these kind of these kind of like we want to be able to play these kind of games i want to be able to play returnal i really do i think the lore is really cool i mean i really do want to figure out what that whole astronaut and why is there a random house in the middle of this thing like i I want to like know what the story, how the story unfolds. But unfortunately, it's just because of that barrier that I'm hitting, I'm not able to get past it physically. And so I'm now going to either have to wait to be able to watch the full playthrough on, on YouTube or on Twitch or whichever. Yeah. And that's diff that's ha that's hard because it's like I don't I feel like I'm on the outside and I'm like, oh, I can't I can't explain. I can't get to be a part of it. Plus he's put his hand up. I'm like, no, no, I'm waiting to say something here. We got a great conversation going. Like, no, that's, you know, you've all, both of you guys have stumbled into stuff that I think resonates. And I want to call it out is that, you know, again, the Sekiro conversation. And then again, Celeste was for me, the changeover when it was no longer easy, normal, hard difficulty, right? Where you really started to understand it. And I know, you know, there has been a stigma, you know, in our like, lifetimes, because I always talk about it, you know, I'm lucky enough to have grown up and had have games grown up with me or grow up with me. And so we're still in these moments where, you know, it's funny, I talk about this all the time, Steve, where you're like, oh man, we're all getting older and we're all slowing down and we're not gonna be able to play certain games. And I do think, I don't think it's coincidence that as our generation ages up you're seeing more and more options like this get created because it is that idea that i fully expect to be in my 60s still playing video games and yes i know that i will be slower than i am now and i'm slower than i was at 20 but games will have matured with me to a point that i can still do that through this and i really do think that switch over that you're talking about with Sekiro to celeste is the first time you saw it because i think i was in the same camp as you bless where and maybe i'm thinking of souls or whatever but you know, stick with me of like of course oh that game's not for me and if that wants to be hard of course go be hard do whatever you want to do and then celeste being a game that is hard that i was playing and had all these options and and did those i did i use those options no um, am i glad those options are there for other people to play them of course and it was that idea of like okay cool here are all here is this toolbox this suite to allow as many people to enjoy this game however they want to and at no point does the fact that you know i i never finished celeste I, i've got to a room that's too difficult and put it down and never picked it back up do i hear somebody say oh i beat celeste on god mode so i'm and i'm like you're you're not a real gamer and they're like you didn't even see the credits so you're not a real gamer and i'm like ah like 
none of that shit matters. That's all shit in our head that we're hung up on in the same way, like, you know, our friends at What's Good, right? Talk about uh, baby-ass baby mode, right? Because I'm sure for years they had to eat shit when they said they wanted to play on the easy difficulty or something like that. And it's all that's falling away, and it's making for these necessary conversations to make people put it into a different perspective. Cause you know, another one for me that I always go back to, and this is something from working with able gamers that I, I, you know, years ago now, but was a light bulb moment for me. If I remember being in college definitively and uh, being in a GameStop and I forget why this guy was trying to upsell me on some deal they were doing at GameStop and I was with my roommate and they had the smaller controllers for PS2, like the, you know, the for smaller hands or whatever. And the guy literally was like, oh, you know, you have a girl over to your apartment. Maybe and the, my roommate's like, well, you think this guy's bringing girls over to his apartment? which was a great dig on me but was the whole thing of like that's how people think of when you're not in an accessibility state of like oh a smaller controller a different kind of controller for kids girls and sure you know i'm sure there's something in there like that or whatever but in reality like so many different forms of controllers exist so that different gamers can hold them whether it is that they have smaller hands or they have one hand or they have you know like any number of other issues and so like as we start having these conversations and, you know, bubbling these conversations up to the top, I think it is so important. Blessing back to you. I'm sorry. I know you had something to say. Yeah. I, I think Steve hit the nail on the head talking about how we're all pretty much going to need accessibility options. So we all can use accessibility options. I think it was a show I did with Steve that was about Cyberpunk 2077. I think it might've been in a different one, but uh, Steve, I think it was you that had mentioned that like subtitles is an accessibility option. And so yeah. many people use mm -hmm. subtitles. I use subtitles uh, for pretty much most, if not every video game I play, just because it's an easier way for me to take in information, right? Being able to have that that double reinforcement of being able to read and also hear because I lose attention all the time with this shit. Um, but like, think about how many people use that, right? Think about like, I, I, I think the, uh, uh, a way to kind of internalize this is to understand the idea that accessibility is for everybody and it is about options it is about creating as many ways for people to play as as, as possible because people come in, in all shapes and sizes right we're like all of us here are different like there are so many different types of people that play video games and so how do you widen your base as much as possible right and like steve you mentioned being able to like at the very least right you're able to sell sell games to more people that way but i think at the very most you invite a greater a bigger group of people to be able to at least experience it or try that thing out you know like uh i see i think i've seen you also talk about like xbox game pass and i know this place in mm -hmm. podcast but i'll talk about it anyway right talk, <laughs> talk about how xbox game pass is a great way for people to try out games you, you yeah. know in order to understand if they're able even able to play that game that is a form of accessibility you know like accessibility comes in so many different forms and to the returnal conversation there's been a big conversation that's broken out over the last week about save states. You know, that's been a big thing because in Returnal, you're not able to save mid-run. Like, there are certain things that'll... Say, like, if you, if you collect ether, collect a permanent item or whatever, like, that stuff will save, but you can't checkpoint your run. And so if you get to the second biome after an hour and a half and you want to turn off your console or your console crashes or you want to go away, you will have to start from the beginning. And I know for my playthrough... That was a problem every now and then uh, because my game crashed on me. In my 30 hours, my game crashed on me twice, which is very normal for any game, but become a bigger deal in Returnal because uh, I, in those runs, I was like past an hour and a half in and I was making really good progress. And so that sucked. There was another So time, many people have written in with on patreon.com slash kind of funny games mm -hmm. with their reviews of them. And most are really positive, but just about any negative they do. The ones that do call out negatives are the fact that it crashed on them. 
Yep, exactly. And I've seen uh, there there are other reviewers who I saw out there that are like, yeah, my game crashed on me twice. And again, and again, for any game, tw- two crashes over thirty hours, not bad. But when you lose three hours of progress, then it becomes a fuck. Well, how much time did I waste? Could I have beaten this game in fifteen hours? Like mm-hmm. you know. But instead, I'm um, I'm here at hour twenty five trying to recapture the magic of that run that I lost. It becomes a bigger thing. And I and another thing for me was I uh, there was there were probably two other runs where one of them my playstation had a system update and so when i turned off my or when i turned my playstation to rest mode when i was 45 minutes into a run it decided to immediately do the the uh, system update because i had that setting checked and that part of that is on me because i had that setting enabled but i had that setting enabled because in any other game that wouldn't be as big of a problem because i would just start from a checkpoint uh and this has been an had... ongoing conversation that you're talking about and house mark mm. did put out a tweet quote tweeting via a reddit thread about this very thing saying we hear the community and we love you all nothing uh, to announce now but keep playing and enjoying the challenge as you can so they are aware of it and i think that you know one of the big things that i've seen people bring up is like oh well it could be abused you know what i mean that you could have a great run you could do a save and then when it goes bad reload that yeah, save and come back and it's like boss and i feel like well yeah, but there's workarounds for that, right? Where it can be a, I think, a one-time save that you make the save and then you bounce, and then if you ever use it, it's just gone or whatever. And I know sure. that there'd be cloud uploading and yada yada. But out of all the, uh, sure, all of that we're going through, we're getting literally back to what we're talking about with accessibility and with baby ass baby mode and et cetera. Of like, who the fuck cares? Play the yep, game how you want to play the game. Yep. Are we really yeah. who? I understand. I totally get how Smart wanted arcade roots, and I think they do a great job of that. And I get that. And I get that. I, Greg Miller, get that, and I enjoy that. I enjoy that breakthrough moment. Does it affect me if someone in Tucson, Arizona, does not enjoy that but really wants to play this as a third-person shooter and wants to have one save, which I really doubt they would, that they try to go? No, like, we're talking about a very specific weird case, I think. Yeah, and, And like, Bloodborne has that, too. Like, Bloodborne, you can save before a boss, upload that save to the cloud, and reload that save. If Bloodborne can allow you to say a scum returnal is going to be fine with it you know like mm-hmm. I, I, there might be online uh leaderboard stuff which seems to be more f- so for the dailies i don't think they have that for just regular runs of returnal but even if that's the case like you can make it so that hey if you save your game your online leaderboard for that run is off you know like i think that's the way to do it if you really want to preserve the integrity of that there are ways around that like i, I think you make a really good point greg of like if somebody in tucson arizona who i have no idea who that person is if they're doing it it does not affect me at all and you're you're both absolutely right and essentially yeah save being able to save a game is definitely it can be included in sort of the accessibility conversation but i mean i'll even i'll even bring it closer to home to to you greg because you're going to experience this at a certain point imagine okay you're playing returnal and you're about two hours in and I've had this two or three baby. beers, and this fucking well, kid comes in. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Look at this thing. <laughs> well, not even, not even that. Okay, you're two hours in. Your baby's here, and you right. got to stop and basically go take care of your kid. And are, like, and like, well, basically, are you not like? You're, and then you're not able to go back into your game because like you had to take care of your kid. Same with yeah. even subtitles. Like, okay, you want Jed to be able to have a nap, and but you'll take care of the, you'll take care of your boy. But it's like, he, okay, yeah, I have to have him right beside me. Do you want to be able to play a game? But you don't want to disturb him because he's about to fall asleep, like and take a nap. So okay, you turn on subtitles. You turn on all the like the the deaf and hard of hearing stuff just so that you can be able to play the game, and it's not going to be able to disturb um, anybody that's trying to be able to sleep. Like there's going to be those incidental accessibility things that are going to happen in your life that you may not even necessarily think about. That these options oh, will yeah. help. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, so, even, yeah. I think as as simple as comfortability too. Mm-hmm. Uh, toward my my run 
uh, trying to get to the final boss, you know, like my runs could last anywhere from an hour and a half to up to me. Like there was one run I had that lasted like I'll probably want to say three and a half hours to maybe four hours. And run, that's a that's an atypically long run for Eternal. But it was one of those situations where in Returnal, your runs uh, toward the final areas or toward ladder areas, I should say, get quicker and quicker because you're unlocking shortcuts and you're unlocking items. And so like in the first biome, you can unlock a melee weapon that'll make it so that you can break certain walls. And that makes it so that you can get to certain places quicker. And then also you won't have to fight the first boss. But in one of my runs, I'll say midway through my experience with the game, I was having a great time. <laughs> I was killing it. I was very, I was very powered up, and the, uh, I got through the second biomes biomes boss, and then like I pretty I pretty much blazed through the third biome with uh, no issue. But that made it so that my run was longer because I wasn't I wasn't using the shortcuts, and I was having just an elongate, elongated run for that reason. I was probably three to three and a half hours in. And I was terrified of my game crashing. Like that was a feeling <laughs> that persisted throughout the rest of that run because I was like, "What if? What if it crashes here? What if I have to start from the from the from the top?" I put in so much work and I'm doing so well. And the the just the existence of a save feature would do so much for comfortability, right? Being be, knowing that I'm good, I think that I mean that kind of follows into the conversation along with uh, so many other things that make games either uh easier easier for us to experience better for us to experience or more comfortable for us to experience well that's the whole thing you know you know uh, blessing tim said it so i'll dust off and say it but like what is next generation all about comfort i forget convenience convenience i was like fuck what was the thing <laughs> thank you barrett i knew you would add uh and like that's what we're talking about here right the one and only my Italian meatball, Brian Altano from IGN.com, tweeted over the weekend, I am very excited for Returnal, but reading that the average run can last 90-plus minutes and there is no way to save midway, aside from rest mode, makes me wish really wish PS5 had Xbox's quick resume feature. Yep. I'll work around it, of course, since the game looks awesome, but still. And it's like, exactly. Like, the, the fact that that's not even there in this way, like, it's... The, none of the... Like, and I, and I, I shouldn't speak out of turn. I, the question has been asked, is Returnal too difficult? Uh, Steve Saylor, the blind gamer, is Returnal too difficult? It's difficult if if you if you uh, are not able to be able to prog- uh, progress. I would say yeah. for me personally, yes. Um, but for for anybody, like it's just yeah. When you're kind of in that accessibility spectrum, it could definitely be difficult depending on where where you're coming from. But for me personally, I will say yes. Uh, Returnal is too difficult. I feel like the conversation we're continuing to have isn't even about the difficulty of the game. It's about the lack of options. It's about the lack Mm -hmm. of convenience. That's the, please correct me, Steve, if I'm wrong. I feel like that is what's too difficult. It's the fact that it doesn't feel like it has all the modern conveniences of a game, all the modern options of a 2021 game. And that's, that sucks. I I don't think it's enough that like, I, I feel like when you have a tone deaf developer come out and be like, Fuck you. you. We don't we're not playing an easy mode in, right? Like, mm-hmm. Housemark's comments here, I didn't get that from it. I get where they're coming from, this arcade thing, yada, yada, yada. But I still feel like it's that, a game lost in that midsection of what we're talking about. Where, between the Sekiro and between the Celeste, where you're not fully grasping what people are talking about. And, again, the quality of life to it. And you can sit there and be like, well, yeah, but, like, we want it to be an arcade thing. We want, And, like, I get that, but... I have to imagine there's a way to be able to save so that yes, if your thing crashes, you don't lose it all. And that also you can't game the system again, though, if you want to game the system, 
okay who, who cares, cares? Yeah. this is what cheat codes were all about back <laughs> and, in the day like there's so many things. a good thing to point out too is like not everybody to the accessibility side right like not everybody can play a game for two hours straight you know yeah. like mm-hmm. you know there i mean there's the thing of people being busy and having babies and having kids and all this stuff but i'm sure i'm sure for people with disabilities or or, or uh any sort of thing that they're dealing with sitting down for two hours straight playing a video game might just not be in the cards for them which means that they cannot beat returnal which yeah. sucks and i would say too is that it like it, it, returnal is more accessible than say like other games that have a preset difficulty um there are definitely some very good things in there that could potentially help other disabled players and they there might that they might be able to find like ah you know what this game wasn't really that hard but it like had this option that i could be able to like do it do it whereas like say like another game that has a preset difficulty didn't have that option and they couldn't be able to play that so it had like i wouldn't i wouldn't knock it a hundred percent because it does have like it has more accessibility options than other games but it's just for for myself and and for even um, like Courtney Craven, uh, can I play that? We we both uh, got a review copy of the game and we both couldn't be able to play it. And and Courtney's uh, deaf and hard of hearing, so it just mm-hmm. it just we both were, weren't able to do it from two different completely different disabilities. So it's not to say that disabled people can't play this game, but they're like they're de- you're definitely going to have a more difficult time just because there's not enough options there to be able to cover uh, and make it more accessible uh, as possible. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think I, 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 from what I know of housemark as developers and as people, right. We talk about friend of the show or whatever. I'm very fascinated to see how they're going to react to this. Cause I would imagine save state stuff is right. They've got to be working on that. They made that comment. They see the reaction to it. And again, I'm not getting the vibe and I'm very much reading into these quotes in this tweet without having any conversation with them. I'm not getting the vibe of them hackles up like, no, fuck you. This is the vision of the game as much as like, okay, cool. Let's take that under consideration. Let's see what we can do with it. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, as I assume this is a hit for PlayStation and is selling really well on PlayStation five. We'll have to wait and see for numbers. Uh, but as I, I would assume it is, I wouldn't be, I would think that as you get down the line at six months from now, a major patch that is offering abilities to slide, couldn't be out. Of, wouldn't be out of the question. Will it actually happen? I don't know, but Christian R live in the chat here on patreon.com slash kind of funny games writes my brother won't touch it because he doesn't want to spend the money on a game that is probably too hard for him to complete with joy an option for him to soften it would get sony an extra 70 dollars and like there is that real conversation to it of not dumbing it down for the to you want you should be money grubbing but to dumb it down to get into more people's hands and dumb it down is also a horrible way to put it but you understand what i'm talking about you know what i mean give you the option to customize your experience because yeah like i saw you know a friend of the show trevor starkey on twitter this uh weekend be like cool i don't like returnal i'm i'm glad that people like the challenge of it i'm about to throw my controller through my very expensive tv like this isn't like i don't want this kind of experience and there's a lot of gamers out there that i'm sure see us talk about this and i think honestly if i was on the outside and i it was going to be that i was still working at a newspaper and it was my 70 dollars to put down and i saw this conversation around it i would be like mm, it's not a game for me like and because mm. like i'm just not usually the rogue light person right but to, the, playing it and enjoying it and having those aha moments i'm like oh my god this is such a game for me but it's back to what you're talking about with xbox game pass right of like how do you take that chance? I don't want to take a $70 gamble on a game that people are saying is really hard and makes them angry and I can't save in the middle of. Yeah. And the worst part about it, like even if you do spend that $70 and you find out you're not able to play it, unfortunately, as of right now, um, PlayStation's ref- uh, refund policy is you can't get a refund on, like if you've already downloaded the game. Um, yeah. It's basically like it, it's just you're not non-existent. You can be able to appeal it, but it's on a case by case basis. 
And so that that's that's why Game Pass like is great or even PlayStation now, if they're able to like kind of modernize it and kind of make, make it a good competitor for Game Pass would be a good option because then it allows us to be able to have like a whole bunch of different games that we could be able to play. And if one doesn't work for us and we can't play it, you can delete it, download another one or stream another one and you're good to go. Uh, and you, without any really mu- a huge amount of money loss. And then that sort of that stress of 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 trying to be able to play this really hard game can kind of go away. It's like, hey, you know what? This is not for me. Delete it. Try a different game and wait for or wait for another uh, update to be able to like to be able to download this later. Like I, I even kind of give, uh, give examples, say Hades, another sort yeah. of roguelike. It's it can be difficult at times. It has a sort of, but it does have a shorter runtime for uh, than than Returnal does. But it did that one thing that I actually was like I was able to play it and able to enjoy it was they added essentially a mode called God Mode, um, yep. where it would give you a little bit like kind of an extra like a defense boost every time you die. And it, I love that because it, essentially that's an assist mode that was kind of built into the game for those that like, okay, this is still a challenge for you. Enable this. And it kind of adds to the narrative of the story that I really, really liked. And I was able to enjoy that. So if there was something even as small as that, like an assist mode in Returnal, I mean, I would be able to play this and finally be able to understand why the heck is there an Apollo astronaut trying to be able to chase <laughs> me around. Steve, can I ask you an ignorant question? Sure. So in everything we're talking about, right, if and it doesn't have to be Returnal, but we'll use Returnal as the example here since it's what we're mm-hmm. talking about. If Returnal was to say, even from the start, we want more people to play this. So we're putting in all the assists from the from the jump from launch. You can do all this stuff. But there is a trophy attached that is beat the game without doing, you know, using any assists. So it'd be a pure playthrough. So basically, if you were somebody who needed the accessibility options to play it and beat it, you would never be able to get the platinum. Would that be an okay solution or would that also be problematic? Um, and, I, and I know I'm it, also asking you to speak for the entire accessibility community, which is never, right, yes. <laughs> never possible, but in general, from your experience. No, I would say if, if you are someone that, um, that does like to be able to hunt for trophies, yes, that definitely would be a problem um, yeah. because then you'll just, they'll always have that one trophy that you're never able to, to get for the platinum. Um, and yeah, essentially it, it really, really does depend for myself. I, I wouldn't care because I'm not going to probably going to be able to platinum that game just because of other sort of skill based trophies that are in there. But um, you also don't want to be able to have a game that's a, like has options that you can unlock by either paying for a microtransaction or unlocking it later on in, in the game for like a uh, for like a special option. Um, I kind of use example Ghost of Tsushima. There is uh, the ability to be able to have a, a more defined highlight around a character when you go into sort of like stealth mode um, or ghost mode. And yeah. that's great, but you have to get into further into the game in order to be able to like unlock that skill. When you have that, that's kind of difficult for someone to be able to kind of just be able to play it. So yeah, when you're locking features like or locking a certain achievements based on uh, for accessibility, that's something that is generally, at least with the accessibility community, kind of would, would say like, probably not a good idea it's not bad but it's not a great idea yeah it's always it's because i think for the longest time like in my head that was always my like oh well you know how, how if, if i'm a developer and i'm like no the difficulty is what this is all about and we want to you know mm-hmm. whatever separate who really played our game which would be all these people this guy sounds like a horrible person this developer i'm making up <laughs> but if it was like do you do that but then yeah it's the same idea right i saw over here uh yeah nika ash said inaccessible trophy should be a separate list like the last of us part two did right like yes. that'd be a way to do it where the platinum is still totally obtainable but this there. but again we're just going back to such a dated perspective on video games where 
the I've, we're talking about the fucking e penis bragging rights so if you beat this game like you that but it's mm-hmm. difficult so i'm proud that i beat it or i'm proud that i play you can why you put in the work yeah. to get the platinum wherever you got it you know it's tough to get into because like i think a lot of the conversation often comes back to to artist intent and whatnot and i think it's mm. it's one of those things where i i always play games based on how i think the dev wants me to play the game and so if there's an, a normal difficulty option usually i'll always pick normal or if it's a game like bloodborne or eternal that doesn't have difficulty options i'll just play them as is and i'm playing bloodborne with the idea that all right this is the this is the experience they want bloodborne is difficult because it's from software and the world is supposed to feel oppressive and all this all, all this stuff and so i'm fine playing it that way um but i i mean i think I don't I don't have a problem with a like dash recommended option if that's how you want to get around it so you can have all these other options that are like hey we you can you can play this game however you want this is how as developers we envision this game playing or sure. being being played but I, I don't even know if that's a good solution right like I well, think that's, people that's are going to interpret it differently that's what they did for Celeste they told you it's like okay we have this specific experience but if you need help in in or accessibility options we have this assist mode that's here for you that hopefully you can be able to enjoy this game um, in, in at least in a way that we hopefully be able to intend it. And that's the thing. Like a lot of people say, oh, well, these, this game is not made for you. Like these ga- like the Returnal or Souls-like game or whatever, they're not made for you. Well, no, you have, you're, you're missing the point of like, yeah. there are people that want to be able to play these games that are like, these are the games I love. I love watching them. People stream it. I love people playing it. I want to be able to play it myself. And like, these are the games I want. I want to challenge in these games, but I have a, a, a disability that prevents me from doing that. Why would you want to be able to lock that person that wants to be able to do that? Same with even like a trophy. Like, like there are gonna there are gonna be disabled players that want to be able to get that platinum that are want that are on that trophy hunt. And if you lock that uh, that down, and someone's not able to get that one trophy to be able to get that platinum, that's something that's like you're kind of you're locking that player out. So it's the whole artist intent kind of thing. You're already yeah. locking down people, and that's never a good thing. Yeah, you shouldn't ever think about locking someone down. <laughs> the artist's intent no. where there are probably isn't great. And I really want to lock people out. Of yeah, it's like my intent is for you it. not to play this game. Yeah. It's like that's, that's never, yeah, I don't think that's ever yeah. the thing. And, you know, similar, similar, let's talk about artist's intent. All right, a lot of people would say, you know, podcasting, it's an art, right? And so we, of course, on patreon.com slash games, when you're watching the show live and everybody's chatting, they're using, we, we do it on a private YouTube stream, which I thought was very much like the Twitch chat, but it turns out it's a little bit more intense than that so ryan Poala higgins said screw trophies anyway and so i timed him out but then it didn't go uh it didn't like show right away so i timed him out again so he's been timed out for 600 seconds and i can't undo it so ryan sorry my intent wasn't to lock you out of the show my intent of course was to defend <laughs> playstation trophies and you should just know that you shouldn't talk shit about trophies anymore i think we've all learned a valuable lesson here today about that all right sorry plus <laughs> uh, i got one question here before we uh, get to some ads and let steve go about his day uh this is a question i i like for us talking about returnal but then also steve i want to know from uh, your perspective with games uh peyton stone writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says what's good playstation bash brothers returnal is the first rogue like like uh, that I have ever played. Uh, I've played about four hours over the weekend and I'm already hitting the point where I'm telling myself, all right, I don't think I want to play this anymore. The game is gorgeous. It plays spectacular and the lore is interesting. 
My question is this. Am I being too quick to move on because this is a genre I've never played before? How many hours would you recommend I play until I basically... Or I'm sorry, until I officially set the dual sense down for this game. Blessing, let's start from our perspective. People who are, you know, playing a lot of Returnal, reviewed Returnal. How long do you think before, if you've never played a rogue light before, are you going to say, okay, this isn't for me? I mean, I feel like four hours is a pretty good amount to, I do to too. play. Because and too. I, and out by an hour in, I was like, "Oh, this is my shit. I love this right here." And you know, like comparing comparing it to, I, I think I want to say my first experience with Rogue, Rogue Light probably was Rogue Legacy. And by in, even in that game, by an hour and a half, two hours, I was like, "I'm into this." And by hour three or four, I was like, "I am addicted to this." Uh, if you put in four hours and you're like, uh, "I don't know if I'm feeling this." I'd say it's probably a time to move on. You know, maybe return it. Like I don't think <laughs> return Returnal. I don't think. I like, yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think you need to get to Biome Two or Bi- Biome Three to know how you feel about that game. I think it's it's it, a pretty upfront game to kind of understand and get what it is. And it's like I was talking last week, right? Where I had I had that aha moment. I, I was enjoying it from the beginning. I was enjoying the gameplay of it. I was enjoying getting better every run. But to finally have that breakthrough, get the melee. Okay, now it's opened up and kind of re uh, positioned how I think of the map and everything else in the in the gameplay flow. Like. If you're not having that kind of moment somewhere in there, and I'd say, yeah, in the first four hours, like, don't feel like you have to push yourself to do that. Like, I, that's, you know, remember, video games are supposed to be enjoyable. Maybe not always fun. Maybe they're supposed to make you cry. Maybe they're supposed to incite, though, the correct emotion from you. And life is too short, and your gaming hours too few to be like, yeah. well, I hate the, you know, it gets really good 18 hours in shit. None of that's the way it is. If you're not enjoying the loop, if you don't enjoy the gameplay loop of Returnal, Maybe set it aside and go away. But for Steve, with you, my question was, you know, how long, especially from an accessibility point, do you give a game of like you're, you're, you know, you're talking about doing accessibility reviews on your YouTube channel? Like, how, how, how do you approach that conversation? Is this game for me? Yeah, when it comes to reviews, I generally try to be able to play as much as I possibly can. Um, and I'd say for, I usually try to be able to put in at least 10 hopefully 15 hours before i can be able to like depending on the interview embargo like if i have time to, sure. be able to finish it or not um like that is sort of a decent amount of time i mean i spent about eight in between yeah eight and ten hours for for this um but for i, I would agree with with both of you in regards to like four hours can be a good enough time to sort of allow you to kind of at least get the, i mean other than if you're i mean if you're not able to get to a second biome um you might not know sort of like what the future challenges would be and that's also difficult to kind of gauge um, at within the four hours if you're having trouble with it. Um, so it's I would say, but also as well, like because you're spending seventy dollars on a game, is four hours enough time to to, to spend that amount of like money on? Mm-hmm. Well, um, this is the whole thing. We go all the way back to the you know the conversation before, right? Of just like yeah, like this would have like that that for me the seventy dollar conundrum, man, like. Am I going to be scared off by it? That's yeah. why I think, you know, you have to listen to so many different uh, reviewers and uh, podcasts and read stuff and try to engage with as many people you know on the internet have similar tastes to you to then make that decision for yourself if you're going to get it. And that's generally how I sort of go about when I'm trying to be able to find out about a game is I will go to like you guys and and, and IGN and, and GameSpot to sort of like I have like the certain people that I that I enjoy to be able to, okay, you have at least similar taste to, to me so I can at least know okay, these, like, I'm going to be interested in, in finding out about these games. Um, the problem is with that, at least with regards on the disability side, is there's not that many reviews, if at all, that cover accessibility. So that's something that we kind of, I would love to be able to see change is that accessibility is part of 
reviews of games uh in the future because then uh because that's like that's a lot like we that's a lot of money to be able to spend on on a game and like it's 70 dollars where you are but at least here in canada it's it's a hundred dollars to be able to get uh and that's a lot to spend on a game for only spending four hours in yeah steve did you catch the ration clank state of play i did yes how do you feel about how they handled it like do you feel they showed enough in terms of accessibility or do you wish that that stuff was more available they did two things that I was very actually well technically three things that I that I found was very awesome. Um, a they have a reputation for good accessibility. Um, the fact that not only the original Spider Man uh, but Miles Morales had amazing accessibility options, and the fact that they actually added those same accessibility options that were in Miles into the remaster version of, of Spider Man. So they already have a reputation for that. But then also uh, they they added that as part of the state of play a month before the game comes out, which is huge. Uh, but then also they said that they were going to be talking about that, uh, about accessibility at a later date. So that means that we're going to be able to get more in depth about what accessibility is going to be available in the game, which is he- like so huge. And not a lot of and, like not a lot of games do this. Like we all talk about, of course, The Last of Us um, and, and full disclosure. I did consult on it. So uh, I was one of the consultants on it. And, uh, and but we didn't know about uh, like even though I knew it was going to be in it publicly. No one knew about the accessibility options in The Last of Us until two weeks before the game came out. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's too short of a, of a time frame for anybody to be able to kind of think like, OK, I'm going to spend the money to be able to to buy this game. Thankfully, it worked out in, in Sony's favor, Naughty Dog's favor. But essentially, like we need to have more of stuff like that state of play and what Insomniac was doing is that more information we able to have because then it allows us to be able to part of, be part of the hype. It allows us to be able to kind of be in that sort of like, oh, man, I'm now like because I'm now ex- I've never played a ratchet and clank game ever and now i'm excited to basically like i i got it for when it was the ps plus game um or it was a ps plus or play at home which i, I don't want to do play at home play at, uh, home. Play at home so i i have it so i'm now excited to be able to go in and, and try that and now i'm excited to be able to play this in june and i like because of that i'm like yes a insomniac's good for accessibility and then also b they were able to like talk about it and i got to see a little bit of what, what was there believe me i was screenshotting all those all that, that that really quick uh menu overview but yeah i'm 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 going to be able to play this game because i know that there's going to be accessibility options in there i'm not shocked is the right word but i guess i'm i'm predicting we'll say how about that i'll go this with the conversation that in the next i would say three years but even that feels long you're going to see sites like ign and GameSpot get on this because i think it will be the thing of it, I remember, you know, as, as working at IGN, right? It was always like in my day, it was go out and get exclusives. It was, you know, I want more. I, it was against when I originally started against the other channels. Dunham telling me, "Hey, get exclusives for the PlayStation channel, so we have more than uh, what's going on with Doug and Xbox." Uh, but I can't imagine for ex- accessibility settings becoming more and more prevalent and people wanting to get that word out more and more. I don't understand why every IGN first, and this is not me taking a shot at McCaffrey and IGN first, but in terms of like, we need a content rollout game informer and their cover stories. You would think that the accessibility report would be such an easy beat for a, just a Tuesday to drop of like, here's what you can do in this game. And I think right now, the reason that's probably not happening is because not enough devs at the moment are doing what we're seeing with insomniac and naughty dog right and really getting in there and making something that is more than you can increase the text size like <laughs> you know? yeah, i think yeah. when you see everybody start to really get on that and understand it's about more than easy mode i think then you'll see that stuff happen and then hopefully the conversation gets better about it because yeah, yeah for us it's like what we're talking about right where they throw it up during state of play and we're like oh that's cool that's rad 
And it's like, okay, cool. Like, that's what we'll talk about probably, I guess. Like, when, we, when we get to the review, will we talk about that? We reviewed Returnal, and we didn't talk about this. And, you know, I thought maybe it would be better for a follow-up conversation. But how do you get into these conversations without having hands-on from people like yourself, Steve, that are actually, you know, experts in the field? That's, I mean, that's kind of we in the disabled community at least want. I mean, I've, uh, I mean, the folks that I, uh, that I've worked with, that can I play that? I mean, that's we're kind of um, one of the main the sites that do cover uh, that, and yeah. we would love to be able to see more sites be part of that and and have us included in the, in, in these conversations. Um, which is exactly what you guys are doing with having me on. It's like that. This is exactly what we kind of have been have been wanting. Um, and I think it's like it's good. You're right. I think it's definitely going to happen. I mean, Naughty Dog and, and The Last of Us definitely opened up a lot of uh, people's attention um, towards accessibility in, in a huge way last year. And we're definitely gonna see that more and more, but we're already seeing studios even starting to kind of like really do that. Ubisoft is like one of those studios that like basically like they, like I will trust their, uh, any game that they come out with now that will have a really decent amount of accessibility options. Like not a lot of people talked about Watch Dogs Legion or Assassin's Creed Valhalla last year when it comes to accessibility. And they had, if uh, the the same amount, if not more accessibility options than The Last of Us did. And some of them actually were even better than what The Last of Us had. And so like there are studios that are like in, like Insomniac, like Naughty Dog, um, and that are really trying to be able to push this forward. And um, it's going to become news. And so essentially, like if these sites could be able to like jump on it now, then you're already going to be ahead of the curve and, and you'll at least be able to when when this becomes part of the new cycle, you already will have that kind of in place. Okay. Cow you guys hand. are doing a good thing. You guys are doing a good thing. I was going to say, Cowhand uh, Fudge in the chat says, kind of funny should do it. That would be awesome. Maybe we will. Maybe we do that. Maybe I start pinging everybody and I'm like, tell me your accessibility stuff. And then I just bring in Steve to talk about it. And there you go. You got a, you got a little show video there. Five minutes of talking about it every time for every game. I'm Ubisoft, down. PlayStation, listen up. Xbox 2. Nintendo, not you. I'm kidding. Nintendo, get in the car. We're going to do this. Get in the car. Nintendo's We're going to Disneyland. That need that conversation the most. But. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> they do. They have they have what we call accidental accessibility um, because they design for for eight for basically like age demographics, not ne- like that, not necessarily for accessibility in mind, but like some of the things they do. I'm like, oh, that actually is pretty good for accessibility, but they have like they I don't didn't know. do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, thank you so much for coming through to talk to us today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And, and I love I love this conversation. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can be able to follow me on uh, on Twitter at Steve Saylor or on YouTube, YouTube.com, YouTube.com slash Snowball or on Twitch, Twitch.tv slash Blind Gamer Steve. And of course, he's too humble to say it. Steve Saylor dot net slash Webby's. Go over there. Vote for him. Let's get him this Webby. Right. Blessing. Right. Do it. All right. Steve, you're a gem. We love you so much. Aww, you guys are great thank you uh ladies and gentlemen while we get this back to a two-person setup why don't i tell you about the sponsors this episode of psi love you xoxo is brought to you by gabby when it comes to car insurance and home insurance don't we deserve better i know i do i know tim does uh tim put his policy to the test with gabby and they literally st- oh that I, i'm sorry i spoiled what's gonna happen they literally stand for get a better insurance gabby g-a-b-i you get it uh getting better insurance with gabby means a better price for the same insurance coverage who knew such a thing existed uh you might because gabby's awesome and supported kind of funny a bunch but i'll get there in a second uh they are one of the true comparison platforms with real rates they give you an apples to apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like progressive nationwide 
nationwide and travelers all in one place. Use your current insurance information to get started, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage you currently have, and it's free to use. That's what Tim Gettys did uh, a couple months ago when Gabby first sponsored us. Tim took his auto insurance and put it to the test. He went to Gabby, had a, already had his information for what he had, put it into Gabby, got a whole bunch of different rates. Turned out, of course, he already had the best rates, and so... No harm, no foul, but it was good to know, and that's what Gabby can do. It can obviously find you better rates, but if it doesn't, because you already have great stuff, cool, you didn't lose anything. Gabby customers save $961 per year on average, and they'll never sell your info, so no annoying spam or robocalls. This is just making sure you have the best deal. Put your policy to the test like Tim did. Get a better insurance with Gabby. It's totally free to check out, and there's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash kindoffunny. That, again, is G-A-B-I dot com slash kindoffunny. Gabby dot com slash kind of funny now of course i'm greg miller ladies and gentlemen but this turns out is the tim ad read section because our next sponsor is canva pro uh canva pro is an easy to use design platform that has everything you need to design like a pro whether you're a professional designer or just getting started canva pro can help boost your you and your team's productivity and creativity it's a quick easy and affordable way to design whatever you need no matter what you are creating or in sharing canva pro has everything you need in one place including a collection of over 75 million premium photos videos audio uh, files and graphics plus canva pro comes with time-saving tools that simplify and speed up the creative process you get all of this and more in just one canva pro subscription tim is the guy who's been using this at Kind of Funny. I asked him about it, and he said this. I love it. It is such a great tool for creators of any type to take the not fun parts out of thumbnails, logo, graphic design. You can see how we use it in general. Very sleek designs and templates for presentations, social media content, videos, and everything in between. That means all of us can benefit from Canva Pro because I know I'm using social media all the time. Design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use our promo code. Just go to canva.me slash kfgames to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash kfgames. Canva.me slash kfgames. Blessing, why don't you tell me some PlayStation updates? Uh, we got one big old update for you, Greg. Uh, one, big Discord, one big old update. Discord is coming to PlayStation. I'm going to pull from Shem Gartenberg at The Verge, who writes with a roundup uh, or with a wrap up of the situation then says Sony is working to integrate Discord into PlayStation consoles. It goes like this. PlayStation is now partnering with Discord, the popular online communication service, with a promise to, quote, bring the Discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year, end quote. Details on what, what, what that would actually entail are slim, and Sony's announcement just says that the two companies are hard at work connecting Discord with your social and gaming experiences on the PlayStation network. Whether that means a full-fledged Discord app coming to PlayStation consoles or a more limited integration, like connecting PSN and Discord accounts to more easily chat with friends off-platform, has yet to be announced. As part of the new partnership, Sony is also investing an unspecified amount of money into Discord as part of its Series H investment round as a minority investor. 
Discord is one of the biggest online communities, especially for gaming enthusiasts, with over 140 million active users as of December 2020. The company was reportedly in talks to be acquired by Microsoft with a $10 billion deal earlier this year, but those talks appear to have ended with, with Discord deciding to stay as an independent company instead. More information on how Sony is working to integrate Discord into its PlayStation products should be arriving in the coming months. Greg, it's finally happening. We asked for this. Oh, my God. But it, we asked for it, and it was one of those things like, will it ever happen? And then you saw, of course, yeah, Xbox, it looks sniffing around, and like, oh, that's what's going to happen. All right, they're going to go that way, and that may, that kind of makes sense or whatever. But here it is, PlayStation doing something. <laughs> something. <laughs> they are in making a minority investment in doing something with Discord. How which, much of this do you think is reactionary? Because we really did just come off of the conversation of, conversation of is are they going to be, be acquired from, by Microsoft? Is Microsoft going to get the exclu- exclusive on Discord? The, I mean, like, you know how much we know about business, which is nothing. I'd imagine it's not reactionary as much as it was already an ongoing conversation. And you, I wonder if it's one of those things where they started having that conversation with Microsoft to motivate Sony kind of thing. Cause it was that idea, right? That when the Microsoft thing fell through discord was like, well, you know, we want to be, or it's the, what the word on the street was, they wanted to stay independent anyway. Maybe they do an yeah. IPO or whatever. So it could have all just been bravado. It could have all just been, you know, smoke to try to get PlayStation to move, or maybe it is PlayStation rushing in there and doing it. And no matter how you cut it, this is huge. And I really don't, I heard you and Tim talking about it. And obviously I've seen people on the internet talking about, it, cause this is one of those, a non-announcement announcements it's the hey we're doing this thing what's the thing i looked next year next year we'll have a thing for you don't worry what's don't worry about it next year thing and so my take on it is that it, i think that they won't fuck this up i think this will be a full-blown app i think this will be the discord app just like spotify that you open it up and then you go into your game and you have your discords right there and you have you're connected and you're playing and you're doing your thing i pray you, that's what it is i i could see that being the case i wonder if it's going to be a little bit more integrated because i think as sony you could have just had discord like have like put an app on playstation right yeah. or maybe that maybe that is a lot of work to be able to put put work into actually having an, an app that exists on a console platform since discord is available mainly on mobile and on uh pc exclusively right now um but i think if you're just going to do a discord app on playstation or maybe on xbox and wouldn't you just do that like wouldn't you just be like cool hey xbox playstation we want to do this thing and what reason does playstation have to be like no aside from maybe wanting people to use their ecosystem they want them to um, use their ecosystem right yeah yeah and maybe that maybe that is the thing but i wonder if this is a um you think this is going to replace like the voice you think they're going to get it's going to become psn messages and psn parties built by a discord like no way yeah yeah i think if that was going to happen then that would be i think playstation would legit just straight up acquire discord or so i think you would have had it they would have wanted the the ships out on that one i think that would have been from the ground up i think this is more Mm -hmm. that playstation sees how big discord is right wants to be in with that and then alongside the the uh, investment you get them to come over and make the app for you and i assume be exclusive to you and be able to Mm -hmm. go there and do that i think i i could see a I can see it being like a little bit of both though, where it is like the parties that we have as they exist on PlayStation right now, they're very discord ish. I wonder if it becomes a thing of, all right, cool. I can add my PlayStation friends into my party the way you can currently. But also if there, there could be a field where I add in a, a discord username and that includes that person in that same party chat. That's my PlayStation party chat. Like that feels, that, that feels that's- very like, 
That feels like it. That feels like too much for PlayStation. I'm it feels not gonna like a lie. Lot, that feels uh, the but, rickety party system what it already is. But like, if you have this plan for early next year, maybe that's the amount of time it takes to do it. See, I think what I think it'll be is that you have it planned for early next year to just get the Discord app out, and then it would be a year from then and you're trying to integrate it in and do all these different things and make it all work and have it be that kind of system, especially when you get into how like what like your Discord. If you don't already, I guess you're gonna have to link. The idea would be that you link your PSN to a Discord, obviously, and then that would have the things tied together. So if, it could almost be like, you know, you're doing it like how you do when you play Fortnite, right? Where you can add all your friends from either platform or whatever to your Epic Games list or whatever based on who's locked in and stuff like that. I don't know. It's, it feels, it's, I, I hope for that level of convenience as we've talked about with next gen. I just feel like that's a bridge too far for what we've gotten in the past when PlayStation tries to do stuff like this. And it's honestly, I'm fine with that. Like, I just want this built-in system there, right? It's so annoying right now when I'm jumping into a Snowbike Mike stream and playing something with him, like uh, Outriders, and I've got the laptop open and I've got one AirPod in and then I've got the one headset on so I can hear the game so I don't wake up Jen by listening to anything, like having it all ready to go right in there. And, I, you know, Xbox has that workaround where their headset that Paris is always using, right, you can do the thing where you're pairing it to both the system and a computer or whatever running discord, which again is more complicated than what we're talking about here. And which is what I'd want of just having discord built in. But yeah, I'm all about this. I love this. Yeah. This is an awesome and very necessary thing. Like, especially now that crossplay is becoming more and more of a thing yep. uh, like you're talking about. And I like the, the, the thing for me that always gets me is the fact that if you're playing an online shooter and it is a crossplay thing, you want to be able to hear every single thing in your game you want to be able to hear the footsteps you want to be able to hear direction and all that stuff and that's very difficult to do when you have discord running in the background or some other chat service that isn't on playstation natively because that stuff doesn't play entirely well together there's there are a lot of games that have in-game uh voice chat like if you play on i want to say fortnite uh for example right and you are playing crossplay, then that's that all chat in, will yeah. come well that's all built into where you're talking in within the game but it's not the best solution. People don't. Oftentimes, people don't love the in-game voice chat as a solution because it's usually lower quality and and uh, X Y Z. And so, I'm happy about this. I'm curious to see how this pans out. I'm looking forward to the cross-play future. And let's go. We did, everybody. Congratulations. Yeah, you know, I think this is such a uh, uh, gamer first move or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> you listen to this podcast video game per- move, right? Where it's like. This is something that I think would break Poe's brain if I tried to explain it to him, right? Because like even when it is that we will we'll go to play it uh, 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 when we were trying to play uh, Fortnite and one of us was on a different device and like I can hear him and I'm going to do this. I'm like, well, why don't we do a PlayStation party and trying to, d- d- you know, describe the difference between a party chat versus Fortnite chat to someone who just wants yep. to play Fortnite. Like I'm not expecting every uh, PlayStation user, right, to be like, oh, now I'm starting a Discord. And my, you know, thing is, Poe is great. Hashtag sixty nine eighty two or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. not how people are gonna fucking. Dude, think I about try it. to add people on. Uh, I tr- I played Valorant last night for the first yeah. time, and I wanted to add uh, Andy Tamor and Simon Cardi, and they were all dropping their their uh, I guess Riot usernames in yeah. our chat that we had set up. And let me tell you, that shit made no sense. It was it was like I'm not gonna say the actual ones, but it was like tamor hashtag tamor h and you know like yeah. andy cortez hashtag nitro rifle shit like that where i'm like why are these the usernames like why the fuck is it like and also i couldn't play with simon because he's in the uk which is a whole other thing um but having that shit be simplified in a way that's that's nice um and all in one place is gonna be real great 
And I think, you know, I, I saw as we were going uh, and chatting here, you know, uh, Demetrius uh, rolled by, I think it was him. Yeah, he says, I, I, st- I still don't really use Discord. And I think there's a lot of people who obviously are in that boat. But if it was easy and accessible, I wonder how much more people would. Because it's a good move for Discord of getting people into that ecosystem and using it, right? Like, you know, I had known, obviously, what Discord was for a long time, but it wasn't until we had to work from home that we started using Discord every day. And I still don't use Discord like most people use Discord of. The ongoing chat rooms and, like, different message board, like, message boarding that way just isn't my thing. But I understand it, and I know how to pop into it. And I think if you open that up and make it easier for people to get in there, and then they are making their own communities and doing things, you maybe would start using it, let alone the idea of ha- taking what already works with... what I, What I like about... Uh, the PS5 party system this time around, right, is that, you know, and I know some people hate it, but when you make these parties that have all these different people in it, you can then just have that ongoing voice chat room. And, like, it's been awesome those times that I, when Fortnite was really, really popping off and, like, Barrett and Joey and Kevin would be playing. And I'd pop on and I'm going to play something else, but i pop into the party room for a little bit and hang out and talk to them that way. And, like, when I do go and join Snowbike Mike's room to go, you know, play a game with him or whatever, when you're doing Outriders, it was that thing of even for me being like, oh, there's other people in here, but they're playing Monster Hunter. They're or they're watching a show. They're everybody's just hanging out. It's just that open line with your friends in a way that I think is really cool. And to take that now and be able to extrapolate that out if Discord gets added to PS5 to where, yeah, you're you're working uh, other PlayStation 5 players, people who are over on mobile, people who are doing whatever on their uh, uh, PC. It's really cool. It's very awesome. Craig, let's talk about some of our PlayStation picks. Of course, these where we highlight picks, picks, picks. a few of the cool-looking games coming to PSN this week. We got one big hitter in Resident Evil Village. That's coming to PS5 and PS4 on Friday. Well, and, uh, remember today on Games Daily when Tim's like, and Resident Evil Village comes out in two weeks, and you're like, yeah. it's this week. What are I, you I'm like, pretty about? sure it's this Friday. <laughs> like, he had me scared. I was like, what? Wait, is it real? Yeah, I exactly. thought I was going to be kidding. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, get hyped. Resident Evil Village is coming to you soon. In terms of the actual picks themselves, let's start with The Colonists, which is coming to PS4 on Tuesday, May 4th. Build a new home for your team of robots as they begin a new life for themselves on a distant planet where they can fulfill their ultimate dream to be a human. The Colonists... <laughs> I, I didn't read the full description, so that's actually really funny. The Colonists is a relaxing settlement building game inspired by classic titles like The Settlers and the Anno series. Looks really cool. It reminds me... The art, the art of it reminds me of... Um, oh, fuck. What was the game that came out last year that was co-op? Um, where you play is to biped, it reminds me a little bit of biped, ah, like the close. robots. I had, I, I wasn't, I almost had it, <laughs> yeah. And so, if you like the like the anno games and the settlers games, boom, here's another one for you. You can play as a robot, or you can colonize, colonize robots, I guess, to be a human, to be humans because they want to be humans. It's very that sounds very near automata. Which, <laughs> hey man, if, it, if if this game goes down the same roads that game goes down, it's gonna be a very interesting experience. The colonists. Uh, we also got Non-Guns Doppelganger Edition that's coming to PS4 on Wednesday, May 5th. Oh, Non-Guns is a roguelite action platformer. Battle grotesque creatures, kill quickly to maintain your combo meter, and rescue worshippers to become part of your idle army to buy upgrades. Another roguelite coming to you. And it looks really cool. It's just, it's um, uh, like side-scrolling. It looks like 2D. It's got... Sorry, yeah, go ahead. No, no, it's, it's got an art style that reminds me of Downwell. That's what I was going to say. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one to to point out. Yeah, and it has kind of like a, I don't even know how to describe it, like a like a grungy kind of look to it. Um, and it looks like you play as like these skeletal characters. It has a really cool art style. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then last but not least, we got Skate City coming to Skate PS5 City. and PS4 Thursday, May 6th. Skate the streets of real world, iconic destinations from around the globe, master combos of flip tricks, manuals, and grinds to set high scores in challenge mode, or ride at your own pace with endless skate. Head over to the skate shop to customize your player and unlock everything else available. I've actually played, I actually played a little bit of this over the weekend. Uh, uh, what's up? Please don't like jump ahead. All right. Oh damn, you're right. You're right. You know what? We got a whole. Those are some interesting picks, this. blessing. What you been playing? Uh, I played a little bit of a game called Skate City. Oh wow! Tell me about that. Yeah, it's a side-scrolling skate game, and I mean that that interested me for for very obvious reasons. Like I played so much uh, of fuck. What was the game I was obsessed with last week? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Skater XL, little Skater XL. Yeah, I, I played a lot of Skater XL. I whispered it. I whispered it last year. Um, and I just like skate games in general, and so this appealed for me, appealed to me for that reason. How is um, it? Bef- before I talk about it, let me, me check out an email to make sure I can talk about this game. <laughs> ah, <laughs> otherwise, this, this young man is learning. We've all been there. <laughs> otherwise, I'll just talk today about the Games iOS Daily, version. <laughs> if you didn't see about it on Games Daily today, they were like, I, I, I jumped in to make a joke. And then Tim's like, but what is E3 2021, Greg? And I was like, I don't know. Let me open up the document that tells me what I'm allowed to say. <laughs> Looks like I can talk about this game. Yeah, so it's pretty fun. It's it's a pretty fun game. Like, I I don't know how much I'm going to return to it because it very much is, like, it's not Skater XL. It's not Skate. It is 2D. You know, uh-huh. it's kind of a 2D version of those. But with that, I think you lose a lot of what makes those games fun, which is exploration, you know, teeing up fun lines trying to figure out like like coming across the staircase and being like okay cool i'm gonna do a kickflip over that and land into a manual and do a kickflip over the next stairs like this game kind of misses out on on that but if you do want a more i'd say condensed 2d version of that there is some of that fun there i'll also say that the the actual controls are very simplified i think uh part of that is because i want to say this game was part of apple arcade um it was and so i, I it was okay, cool, and then yeah, I think yeah, it was like one because of, the of games, that. I think. Because of that, the controls are just way more simplified. Where uh, when you're holding a dual sense controller, you hold any direction on any of or on either of the analog sticks, and that'll correlate to a different move. And so if you press, let's say, right on the up, uh, right or no, you press up on the right analog stick, that'll be like a nollie, right? Or in all the left analog stick, that might be an ollie. Um, and th- that might not be like the verbatim translation, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how essentially how each of the moves translate, right? Like you press left on the left analog stick, maybe to do a heel flip or a kick flip or something like that. Way more simplified than um, the skate games you're probably used to. But if you just want to fix, if you want to play a skate game, I'd say go for it. It was a, um, it's been a fun time so far. It's been a, a nice time waster, I, th- I think, to say the least. Um, and it's it's scratched that itch for me. Um, and so it's been fun for that. I have a question from the press pool here. So you're saying it's 2D, and then what we're seeing there. So it's like, can you play the trailer again, uh, Bear Bear? So like the camera moved a bit, but I assume that's just the cinematic for this. So is the idea yes. that it's basically side scrolling, and you're just yep. making the moves happen? And if you fuck and fail down, well, hold on. If you fuck up and fall down, not if you fuck and fa- <laughs> fail down. I don't know what that means. Uh, hey man, that, that sounds like best a, of us. that's a pretty good band name, by the way. Fuck and fail. Fuck down. and fail down. <laughs> that's, no, that's actually great. Uh what does it do? Does it start the run again, or does it? Because it reminds me a little bit of Ollie that Ollie. other fucking mobile game where you rode down the thing herding llamas. Shit, fuck. Oh, that game. Yeah. Remember we played it. It came to PlayStation. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Fuck. Oh, it's right there. Shit, I lost it. I don't got it. I don't got it. 
but no okay. the answer to, to what you're asking is no like you pick up from right where you left off the game is pretty uh okay. nice about it but it does have challenges and so the alto collection alto collection, the alto, alto collection yes the um so you can go into like a i guess like a free skate mode which will let, let you just skate as long as you want and you're basically completing challenges where okay. it's like you know do a kickflip over these stairs or do x y and z thing there are also challenges which i've been playing quite a bit of and those will basically be things like okay between here and here score three thousand points or up to three thousand points and if you score one thousand you get one star two thousand two stars three thousand you get three stars and so it's ba- it has a mobile gamified uh kind of system to it and you're basically doing those you know it's not it's not about getting as far as you can it's more about completing those challenges uh on certain maps and so you know it, it like the, the the way the camera pans is mainly just for the trailer the game doesn't look okay. like that like okay. the game has that art style like the 3d art style but it is very much 2d Okay. And it's fun. Okay. But you don't know if you'll come back to it? No, just because there's so many other things to play. You know, I, I played it because I, right I I finished a game I was playing, and then I was like, you know what, man? I got some free time. I'm going to go back and play. Or I'm going to try out the Skate City game that looks pretty cool. And it, it was good for that. I think I know what you're talking about, right? Because we've both been playing Redacted. We've mm-hmm. both been working on a review that you'll hear about soon and kind of funny. So, like, Redacted's been taking up all of my time. I assume it took up most of your time as well. Then. Yes. And so I'm the same way uh, in terms of I finished Redacted, my play session with Redacted, and I was like, all right, cool. I don't want to go to the next big part of Redacted, and it's time for bed almost. So what do I do? What do I do? I finally did it. Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. I lived the dream, and I clicked on it, and I bought Retromedia Wrestling yes. on the PlayStation 4. If you've been following, I've been talking about retro, uh, Retromedia Wrestling for what feels like years now, but really just weeks and, slash months because originally it was supposed to have come out a long time ago. Barrett, I just popped a trailer in there. I accidentally deleted it by before. Uh and Retro uh, Mania Wrestling is finally on PlayStation uh, after the developer went through all kind of hell of not understanding how to get it onto consoles and what they had to go through. So I started playing that last night. I did 30 minutes of it. Uh, I played it, and like as you watch it, it's meant to look like uh, uh, the old WWF uh, 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 wrestling game. Shit, I'm, I'm blanking not on no the name right now. No, no, this is like, way, but this is supposed Florida. to look like a Nintendo one. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Of like this very, like very basic NES, like, kind yeah, of exactly. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So pro wrestling, I guess NES, even that doesn't sound right. Chad, if you remember off the top of my head, let me know. Cause they talk about it pretty obviously that it's an homage to that. I started the career mode, uh, last night, uh, and went through it. You play as uh, John Morrison and since WWE owns his name or whatever, he's Johnny retro. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of different characters and they're only like 16 and everything I'd heard about the game is true. Where people are like, okay, yeah, it's it's basic, right? Like this is the idea, right? Of you're going through this thing, and you know it's uh, strong strike, weak strike, wrestle fest. Thank you very much, Sylvester. Mm-hmm. There it is. Um, going through, you know, you have these basic attacks. You're going through, and you know, uh, it looks like an NES game. Uh, sometimes it's hard to, you know, you're like doing your kick or your punch, and you're not lined up on the right thing. So it's there. It is incredibly charming, though. And I played it for 30 minutes last night. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, I, I don't know how much I'll play it again. And then today, all day, I've been like, man, I'm ready to go play some <laughs> Retromania Wrestling and screw around. Because, like, that's, you know, where I think wrestling games 
the WWE 2K series in general really got off track, right? It's like when they focus so much on being real, like right now, if you're looking at it, you see that LMH thing, like mm-hmm. as you build up that meter, those are the kind of moves you can do. So if you are too early, try to go for a, a very strong grapple, a strong grapple move or whatever, you're not going to be able to pull it off because you haven't earned that yet. Whereas this, you know, you have a, a very clear iteration of what you can do to build up to use your special and stuff like that. And then there's Tommy Dreamer. Uh, Tommy Dreamer's in this fucking game. Are you kidding me right now? The hardcore icon, the high, hardcore legend, Tommy oh, yeah. Dreamer, hardcore. Uh, what wrestling about Undert- is Undertaker in there? No, he's a WWE character, Damn, so he's not, not there. Playing, you got the blue meanie playing. though. Is, is I know John you're a big blue meanie. Cena in there? John Cena's also a WWE. Damn. Uh, what about Shawn Michaels? Is no, sadly he's with DX. WWE as well, oh, so damn. he's not in there. The Road Warriors are. You, you remember Sounds like that, a rough right? roster. Who's Sounds the like uh, wrestler roster. that Cool Greg really likes? Uh, uh, Sasha Banks is Sasha Banks in this. Sasha Banks is with WWE as well. Yeah. What about Bret Hart in there? All right, this joke's over now. This joke's over. We're done talking about it. I just literally scratched the service last night and it's got the same grapple mechanic that fire pro does which i know doesn't mean much to you guys but it's that uh you know your characters go in when you stomp on the ground you have to put in a button press and it's a rock paper scissors with the person who's grappling against you to see if it works that for me is still such a foreign concept i played a bunch of fire pro when it originally uh, launched and then when they updated the saves and it bor- or when they updated the game it borked all my saves and all the kind of funny characters i did and i was so heartbroken i just walked away from it uh so i need to get back on that but first impressions of this are it is a tiny game uh i think it is charming it is harkening back to an era of wrestling and wrestling video games i really enjoy and i'm excited to play more of it Uh, i was looking through the trophy list last night and if i get my head wrapped around the gameplay it could be a really fun like trophy chase i don't know it'd be a full-blown platinum but there's a bunch of good stuff in there and like you know there's only a couple different modes it's clear very clearly an indie thing but i think it's got a lot of charm and a lot of character and i'm excited to give better impressions next week because again i'm going off of 30 minutes of tinkering around last night maybe a little bit more than that but arcadey indie i'm into it that's awesome. plus what else you've been playing or have you had time to play anything else yeah like i it's uh it's a bummer because i one of my most anticipated games for this year was near replicant version one point a bunch of numbers ellipsis mm, mm. and i started it and it, it's just been such a busy time where i started it and then we did the thing where we we're like okay let's play disco elysium for yeah uh hashtag POC played this and so i put a pause on it a few hours in and i started playing that and then i think it was i got the code for returnal <laughs> uh like halfway through disco elysium so i had to put sure. a pause on disco elysium to start returnal yeah. and then as i was playing returnal got another game night i had to play so i had to put a pause on that and so it's been this thing of like trying to get all the way back <laughs> to to near replicant yeah and i haven't gotten there yet but i have played the first few hours of it and i haven't gotten a chance to talk about it at all but um as another reminder right because i have to say this every single time because it's always confusing new replicant is kind of the prequel to near automata is the remake to a game that came out in like 2010 but in japan only near near replicant and near gestalt both came out in different territories they're both prequels to near automata near replicant the new one is a remake to the one that came out in japan only um and so i started it it's fun. It is very apparent that it is a remake of an older game. Yeah. You know, like I one of one of my small complaints with Nier Automata, because I love Nier Automata, but uh one of my small complaints with it was that at points that game could look ugly in the textures and the environments. Mm-hmm. I'll say that Near Replicant does no justice <laughs> to that issue. Like it is not a game that you're I don't think you're playing this game at all for the visual fidelity of it. I like the art direction because no. I think they do a good job with the art direction, but it doesn't look amazing especially now that i have a ps5 and i've been playing ps5 games near replicant the new one 
uh, is on PS4. There's not a PS5 version. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been a thing. Um, from where the story has started off so far, I'm very intrigued. I think they start off from a very, really cool place. It has the same level of like, all right, what the fuck is this world? What's going on? Like like that same level of that that I really like from Automata. And it has um, a similar mode of gameplay where you're doing the hack and slash, you're doing like the shoot 'em up stuff. It seems like it's less varied than near automata was with a lot of stuff because if you remember the opening to near automata started off with like big set pieces where you are the camera shifting all over the place you go from hack and slash to shmup bullet hell to to side-scrolling shmup and like top down like everywhere in between near automata was all over the place with that stuff in a fantastic way near replicant so far doesn't seem to be that and i think part of that it's a slower build to get to some of those moments very slower build and i think a, a big part of that is it is staying true in a lot of ways to the original game and so it has like it's the same beat by beat it is very it is very similar like it is almost halfway remaster halfway remake in a lot of ways where it is you know trying to do it is doing the the, the it is the exact same game as that original game with visual I mean, the, fidelity yeah upgrades. visual fidelity and and definitely design choices and stuff i think the story is slightly like reworked from what i know is that like in the original one like you you play as uh uh in replicant uh version 1.22 um you're playing as like uh this brother and your your sister is like a sick from what i understand from the original near at least is like you play as like the dad or maybe i'm get, maybe i'm mixing that up but there are some like mm-hmm. reimagined kind of things here and and yeah i definitely get what you're saying with the it kind of feels definitely like an old game and dated. It, it it feels dated and in some ways it's to its detriment like you've been talking about but in some ways i i find it very charming the vibe of this game it is I can't very re- charming i can't really speak to automata because i haven't played automata before this is my first like near game actually giving it a shot the vibe overall reminds me of like a mixture between ocarina of time and twilight princess uh which is like mm. really charming like especially like yeah, when I you go into that. your town there's like specifically like the same exact rooster crow from uh like ocarina of time and stuff like that there's like a lot of mixture in between those that i really dig the gameplay itself is just i'm starting to get like uh, the person who wrote in, like, saying they're four hours into uh, Returnal and think they want to uh, walk away from it, I think sure. I'm getting to that point in Replicant. I, I hit four um. hours last night, and it's just getting to that point where I'm just like, I'm not... It doesn't have... Like, I want it to have its hooks in me, and it just... It, doesn't mm-hmm. uh which is which is unfortunate because i wanted to like play through this and then like play automata and like get all the references that automata makes because like even though this is a prequel like they're kind of like it's a prequel in the sense that this takes place before automata i don't really from what i understand there's not like a huge connection of, yeah like, it's like, like you can it's... play automata without playing this one like oh a lot yeah of easily did. you know like i i'm very curious to see the, the times because i know like there's characters yeah. like emil who apparently has a way bigger presence in this game than in automata so i'm curious to see what that is but uh, as far as i understand and i'm gonna get this wrong because it's near it's convoluted and it's near and all this shit but as i understand it automata is based off of like a specific ending from near Jestel. it's not even like a direct sequel really um which is fascinating and barrett for you what i'd say is like man if you're feeling tired of it i would say put it on pause play automata and maybe come back to it because that might having yeah. i think i was listening pre- to having uh, the love of, of automata might make you enjoy this game more yeah i was listening to uh game spot after dark and i think michael hyam the the homie uh was saying mm-hmm. the correct way to play these games is play automata then play replicant and then go back to it and play automata again. play automata again <laughs> it's so, like honestly I, um i i definitely like I don't know. Uh, 
we'll see where I go. I definitely do want to ch- uh, check out Automata because it's a game that people have been surprised that has uh, not been in like uh, my kind of library of games that I love uh, just because I, I just wasn't at like kind of like the right time for that uh, game for me. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, and it just sucks because I, I want to keep going because I am interested in the characters and uh, like. The, see, that's me too. And, and like, it's, I dropped it's off. just the gameplay design that it's like even like oh my god they worked in like a, almost like a, a conversation of like why there isn't fast travel. I'm like oh my god they like, did. I, gotta, <laughs> I have to like keep running back and forth between like the seafront town and my hometown and like it's just so tight yep. and it like oh god and uh, yeah that's, <laughs> I, the, the, <laughs> oh god. Yeah, like it's uh, like I, I stopped playing it so I could play uh, Disco Elysium. But I'm, like uh, one of the reasons why it was easier for me to also put it down was the fact that I got to a place in the game where they're like, "Cool, now go do a bunch of side quests." And I looked at the side quests and I was like, "None of this shit seems fun right now." Yeah, it was <laughs> like, like I don't want to uh, go and collect. You have to shit. go to like the the, the local bar and like uh, take co- yep. like side quests, and then it's like, "All right, like the this one is like, oh, I want to hear uh, these two sisters sing. Go go talk to each sister." And it's like, "Okay, cool. Uh, that seems simple enough." And then like the sisters like, "Oh, well, I I only want to sing if I get a dr- uh, like a special drink. Uh, they make yep. it in Seafront. Uh, if you could go over there and get that drink, like uh, yeah, that'd be awesome." And it's like, "Okay, it that seems simple that enough." Type. And then you go to Seafront, and it's like. Like, oh well, I need specific ingredients to make this drink to do this, and I'm like, fucking yeah. Christ, and they're like, we're gonna teach you how to fish. Enjoy <laughs> the story. I do like the fun <laughs> bit. I do like the fun <laughs> bit when you have to go fish, and if you fuck up the first couple of tries, it just uh, like goes to black, and it says two days later, <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's I finally, hilarious. I, I didn't finally know it caught did a fish, and then the the book you're hanging out with, uh, Vice, is like, uh, too bad it only took 278 tries or some shit like that. I thought it was uh, was really funny because yeah, I, I don't understand the fishing in that game and i'm just gonna say it this was one of my hot takes because everybody talks about how they love fishing in video games i honestly think fishing in video games kind of lame damn damn he said here's the thing about fishing in video games is that it's hit or miss i'll give you that and then all but the reason people like fishing in video games so much is that Fishing in real life fucking sucks. You go out there, you don't know if you're going to catch exa- a fish. You don't know. I mean, go, go out there and get drunk and do that. You smell. You got sunscreen and bug spray on. You got the fucking worm shit all over your hands. And like, yeah, inevitably what, the hook's getting loose and getting you. This is what I'll say. Cooking in video games is way better than fishing in video games. I heard the conversation that I think it was Greg and Tim that you guys were having about like, why is this always a bullet point? Like, why are they always hyping up cooking in video games? That's because it is slightly fun. It is slightly fun. I'll it be the one to be. say it. It can be slightly fun. Cooking in Breath of the Wild was fantastic. Agreed. Not arguing yeah. that at all. You know okay. I mean? Cooking and cooking mama. Come on now. Uh, yeah. Even like, like collecting I, random ingredients, putting them together, and seeing Final what Fantasy happens. Final Fantasy 15. Ooh, baby. Like this is like the like the beauty shots of the food that you, uh, your boy would make. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. For sure. For yeah. Sure. I think that's a way better. Cooking video games, always 1,000% a better bullet point than fishing video games. That's yeah. my hot take. Understandable. Uh I want. I also wanted to shout out Apex Legends because oh, uh, I never talk about Apex Legends on this podcast. The new season's happening this week, baby. Get excited! Wow. Arenas mode. Go check no out titans. my first impressions. There's with no the Titans. I, I I didn't I didn't yeah, know you were right. into Apex. Uh, bless. Yeah, I don't oh. talk about it that much. Okay. Uh, it's gone now. Uh, scroll by here. I think it was uh, Silvusus the Slayer had asked if uh, for me Retromania Wrestling was worth the thirty dollars price tag. I don't know yet. My concern it, well, last night was like, oh, well, it is as basic as people were talking about in terms of like the limited roster and stuff. But I just started playing it, and I do have that desire to go back and get good at it and play more of it, but I won't know. So hopefully next week, if I have more time to put into it, I'll be able to answer that question definitively. But again, cute and charming. Blessing. Greg. 
What do you say to our reader mail question before we get to the post? Oh, show? the rare reader mail. I know, right? We well, I feel like we we could easily end it here, but I like giving people bang for their buck. You know what I mean? They're hanging out here. They're watching the show with us, doing all this stuff. Here's a question I have that I don't have an answer for, and I hope you will. AJ Shank writes into patreon.com slash games and says, does Returnal have a narrative reason to return to the game after you beat the final boss? I really enjoyed how Hades incentivized players to return and continue to go through the game over and over, and I'm hoping Returnal is something similar. I know you haven't had a lot of time to play, and I know we've talked a little bit here and there about it, but we're more of, as somebody who still hasn't beaten it, what's bringing you back? What makes you want to play it? There is more narrative stuff after you roll credits in the game. Okay. Like, that's the okay. big thing. Is I, I, it's, it's, fun, it's fun because I don't want to spill anything for yeah, people. Yeah, of course. I don't like, want you to either. Yeah. And it's not like big spoilers or anything, but it's more so like the structure of the game. Um, but basically, after you beat the final boss and you roll credits, there is a, another carrot on the stick for you to chase after that will reveal more um, about the story. And so mm-hmm. that is that that is the thing that's keeping me going back, even though I've, I've, I'm getting to the point I've yeah, I was on this podcast. I always forget because we record KFGD and this back to back. And so I'm like, yeah. did I talk about this on KFGD or did I talk about One PS Love You? But I, even though toward or fuck, was it on KFGD the other day? <laughs> fuck, whatever. I mentioned this to you <laughs> at some point that like. I am feeling less inclined to like chase after the platinum for it. Um, but uh, even despite that, there is more I still want to do, even if I don't end up getting the platinum. I think that was oh. on this podcast. Okay, okay. Yeah, you talked about maybe wanting to platinum it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then here's one uh, while we're here, just another quick one because we're in the returnal thing. Kamza115. Uh, writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, Hey, Greg and Bless. Hope you're both doing well. Greg, massive congratulations to you and Jen on the announcement of your incoming Wii One. With Returnal launching to great critical acclaim and hopefully some strong sales figures, what do you think is next for Housemark? Could a p- potential sequel to Returnal be in the cards? Do you see them working on a new AAA IP? Could they possibly Returnal to their arcade roots? Is an acquisition of the studio by PlayStation closer than ever? Blessing, what do you think is mm-hmm. next for Return or for Housemark Return? For Housemark? Uh... I don't think they return. Man, that's going to be a pun that we use forever. I don't think they're going to return to their quote quote unquote arcade roots. You know, like I don't think I don't think we see them go back and make new Resogun or new Next Machina. I think they've scoped up in a way to now they are making bigger games because they put out the whole blog post about how arcade is dead and stuff. And Returnal still has a lot of those arcade elements in them. If if anything, I'd say right. Yeah, yeah, I'd say Returnal is them uh finding a way to do arcade on a triple a level but i think now that they're here there's there's no going back i don't think we're going to see returnal 2 though i don't see returnal as in yeah. uh uh a an ip that you would sequelize in that way you know and i think that's an exciting thing because i don't necessarily want each and every studio that is working with playstation to only be working on games that will end up having sequels i like the idea of having something that is a one-off here's returnal cool we flexed our muscles doing this now let's make an entirely different type of roguelite or an inter- different type of arcade game or a different type of see IP that's what i think is like medium. a different type of shooter like honestly even when uh relating back to game daily this morning about xbox's internal uh reviews of the last of us part two where they're like mm-hmm. hey this is great but like the the shooting and like combat aspects are, are still uh not up to snuff or uh whatever mm-hmm. is that like i do think returnal is uh, like a highlight a rare highlight of great gun gameplay from a like a a, essentially like a uh, playstation exclusive game you know and yeah. so like to have that under your belt for playstation i think is really essential so like yeah 
Yeah, I think that I, I'm with you that I think what's going to happen is Housemark, I, again, as we talked about on the review and we've talked about all over the place, even though this is not an arcade game, you can feel the arcade influence in it, as they talked about an IGN, right, that we talked about today with Reb. Uh, I definitely think that they're not going to do Returnal 2. I think they are going to do a different game that is this big budget, not arcade, but arcade influenced game. Taking those, I mean, this game is finding success, right, because of what's happening at that core gameplay level, which is what Housemark's always been amazing at. So now what genre do they look at and they want to take arcade influences to or from and make something bigger from? I think that's what they do. And I think that, I don't think, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility for PlayStation to buy them, but I don't think that they will. I think instead it will be Microsoft and PlayStation in a race to try to figure out who can get them to do something for them. Yeah, to partner with them. I, I Yeah, I think that'd be a... Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility that PlayStation acquires them, but I do think them working as working as their own probably for them provides some value because they do have to they do get to have that freedom and being under a big publisher might be a little bit scary because you have a little bit of autonomy stripped away and it's probably yeah. for them. They they probably look at the deals like the deal with PlayStation is such a big get because hey, like we were working on uh I always forget the name of it, but the Battle Royale game that we started working on after we saw yeah, yeah, yeah. dead you know we started working on that and uh you know that's that wasn't a given them getting a partnership with playstation is a thing where it's like cool we got the money we got the backing we got the platform we get to exist as one of the first first party games on this platform that's huge for us and for them to continue to get those uh deals is probably going to continue to be to be big for them the thing i will say going back to the resogun conversation a little bit is i like i think it could be cool for them depending on what their bandwidth is as a studio and and where their values are as a studio like how much they how much they want to go back to to maybe their arcade roots it could be cool for them to have like a small spin-off team in the way that for um uh hello games when like they put out no man's sky but then they also put out that game that came out late last year the the smaller indie game yeah yeah campfire uh the, um, the last campfire well yes yeah yeah to put out something like that right like I could see a situation where Housemarque's like, cool, we're working on our next big project, but mean, in the meanwhile, let's put out like a Resogun 2, or let's put out like a, a fun small arcade project as like a thing to exist because we still believe in this a little bit. If but. the only way that would happen is if Microsoft, Xbox, Nintendo, Epic came and we're like, we'll pay for it, you know what I mean? But I think mm-hmm. that like, that the reason they were moving away from those games was that yeah, they're awesome and critically acclaimed and not enough people buy them. Like, you know, we need to keep, we need to change our focus if we want to continue to be the studio on the size we are, the scale we are. And so I think that you'd see that only if somebody was coming in to pay all the bills and make it. And I just don't, huh? Yeah, exactly. And I don't think uh, Microsoft, I I don't think that's what people are going to be ordering off the menu right now. They're definitely showing back. I'll be like, what else you got? What other like big, what other big I'm using in air quotes? Yeah, what's your next Returnal? Exactly, exactly. What could be the next Returnal? blessing greg we ask people on this show to go to twitter.com take screenshots of games we tell them to and then put them with the hashtag ps i love photo mode we come through we pick our favorites and we show you them here if you're not a listener we try to describe them uh last week i said hey days gone of course is the hashtag ps we played this for the month of may meaning you should be playing it all may so we can talk about it next month at the beginning of june just like we'll talk about disco elysium soon 
soon. Uh, I said, hey, for this uh, one, let's get Days Gone started. So that's what we did. You can see right here. Uh, number uh, The first runner up here is Jim Smith. Jim Smith put in this one of Deacon on the bike. He put in a four-pack of shots here. This was my favorite of the four shots. Barrett, I don't know if it's easy enough to go back to the other one to show other ones. But this one here, as Deacon rides on his uh, motorcycle shooting up into the air, that was my uh, favorite. But then he put in a couple other uh, ones on his tweet, that one of them being that uh, Deacon's on an invisible bike, which is always interesting and fun. Because, of course, if you didn't know, Days Gone, incredible photo mode, tons of options you can go in there and screw around with. Big fan of that. Yeah, this looks uh, really good. Next runner-up I picked uh, was Crit. Oh, text, but it's a crit te- or cry text. Uh, another one here. Uh, I lo- love this one because he's got all the shooting stars in the background. You know, just Deacon brown out on his bike there riding looking for some freakers looking for a nest blessing all these references will make sense when you start playing the game bless don't worry about it oh i know what a freaker is <laughs> i'm sure you do <laughs> i'm sure you do uh but i like i like the uh the shooting stars in the background and how spacey it was and whatever and then uh the one i chose though is my favorite for the week ladies and gentlemen comes from jordan watson and it's oh. this washed out black oh. and white deacon on the bike chasing this is hot isn't it? Yeah, I like this yeah. one a lot. This is and it's got that they did the cinematic framing for it and stuff. Really, really good stuff. If you're here. an audio listener, this is a reason to click over to the video version because this is come a on over. Photo. Look at the part where I would make this Jordan my desktop Watson. background. Damn. If I like for Days Gone, if I end up liking that game, uh-huh. this is gonna be my desktop background. Wow. For a week. There you have it. For a week. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> what a, what comes a benevolent out. god you are. <laughs> <laughs> Blessing. Uh, since I picked Days Gone, what do you want to pick for next week's uh, PSI? Uh, I love photo mode. Yeah, I know this game doesn't have a photo mode, but Uh-oh, I know people trouble. people will still figure it out anyway. I'm gonna make Returnal the hashtag PS. Okay. I love photo mode for this. Yeah, PS. I love photo mode for this week. Uh, and so get creative. You know, I don't mind if there's UI in there because you gotta do what you gotta do. But I'm making it Returnal, beautiful looking <laughs> game. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's your thing. Go play Returnal. Take photos with your share button, and then share them on Twitter with the hashtag PS. I love photo mode, and blessing will go through those next week on PS. I love you, XOXO. Remember, if you want to be a part of the next episode of PS, I love you, XOXO. It's very simple. Go to Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games, where you can write in to be part of the show. You can get the show ad free you can get the show with the exclusive post show we are about to do and of course you can be watching live just like joshy g was ryan was before he got banned in dz rascal 72 dz rascal dz rascals out there <laughs> watching some shows having a good time dz rascal Our- these nuts <laughs> i was gonna Jesus. say it but i wanted to be respectful of his name who knows dz could be his actual name i don't know you think he's no no dz couldn't be his real name you think he's hey, you never know. dz you never know you know dz what's your real name let us know we'll see you in the post show dz rascal 72 i need to know what your first name no, is but people Not usually don't name. believe that blessings my real name when i tell them and i'm like I still I, don't. what do you expect i'm nigerian it's a very popular name there Maybe not very popular. It's a popular name. <laughs> there are other blessings there. God damn it. Uh, if you have no bucks to toss our way, though, next week, it's no big deal. Remember, you can go to YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, uh, and podcast services around the globe each and every Tuesday morning. Get a brand spanking new episode that has ads and doesn't have the post show we are about to do. Blessing, anything to say before we get out of here to the post show? <laughs> uh next episode is episode 69 and uh-huh. so oh man i could have made that the photo mode oh well i messed i messed up anyway there's also hashtag ps i hate photo mode what? wait what was the photo mode gonna be for episode 69 listen, <laughs> I, listen all i'm saying is get inspired all right mass effect oh i guess mass effect doesn't come out for for what a few weeks yeah 
damn it. Yeah. Other games have sex scenes, damn it. Put them under hashtag PS I hate photo mode. No, you'll never remember to check PS I hate photo mode. <laughs> but one day I will. <laughs> one day I'm going to go through and be like, what the fuck, man? People oh, had fun God. with this one. We were doing so well. Then we just went off the rails and all fell apart at the finish line. Episode the goal 69, line. hashtag PS I hate photo mode. You know what to do. Now, here's what I'd like to point out before we go to the post show. This will be the final thing I'll say. DZ Rascal 72 just said, yeah, boy. <laughs> no, what's your name? <laughs> what does that even mean? He didn't say anything between there about his name. Just, yeah, boy. I, I, I would like, like to think they're responding to, to my comment, my addition to the... To the I guess so, yeah. but it's like, I, what? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> until next time, we got a post show to do. It's been our pleasure to serve you.